For streaming, creating, gaming, and more, power your passions for less during Dell's exceptional cyber savings event. Enjoy up to $400 off stunning laptops like the XPS, along with high-performance desktops and next-level Alienware systems, redefining what's possible with 10th-gen Intel Core processors. Shop special prices on top-brand electronics and accessories, plus enjoy free shipping on everything. Don't forget to ask for Intel when you call 1-800-BUY-DELL. That's 1-800-BUY-DELL. Hello, it is Thursday, November 8th, and I'll tell you what, today's show is a good one. I think you're really going to like it. I got a conversation with Pat Anger, the Iowa Hawkeye who turned George Kittle's life around from the last episode. Mm -hmm. A little follow-up there. You're going to want to hear what this American has to say about life. He's one of the most absurd humans ever. We have a little throwback story with him as well. We do some throwback music because it is Throwback Thursday with Nick Moraldo later. There's a conversation that when I walked into the studio, the microphones were on, and Connor, myself, and Foxy had a full college basketball conversation oh, this yeah, morning. Very happy that it was recorded. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we're caught in the middle of some beautiful Zion Williamson conversation. He's a monster. You're going to enjoy that. There's quick hits with Diggs when it comes to football. It's a 10-minute one-stop show. Shop for all things you need to know in the NFL. And also, we are coming to you live from the mybookie.ag studio. Sure, watching football is fun, but it's more entertaining when you have some action on the games. Guys, you've heard me talking about this for weeks, and some of you are still on the sidelines. Whether you're uh, an expert or a rookie, you should be betting at mybookie. If you're the kind of guy that likes to bet a little and win a lot, like playing the number roulettes or slot, you can create a big parlay. It's really a fun way to play. You pick three bets that you can win, and if you hit all three, you just turn 100 into 600, man. I wish I could have rhymed <laughs> that for you. There's so much to bet on. College basketball is off and running. Duke seems to be a lock, a lock, and a triple lock for the rest of the year. They look like an NBA team. Yep. We go on a 20-minute rant later that you're going to very much enjoy. There's so much to bet on, whether it's football, NHL, NBA, college football. Politics season's over, but you can still get some reality TV gambling in. And it's all at my bookie, which is the only bet I know that you You'll be happy with all year. I recommend these guys because I really trust them. My bookie has been in business for years. They've got great online reviews and their mobile site is very easy to use. Sign up this week and my bookie will give you a 50% deposit bonus to jumpstart your bankroll. It's a great way to bank even more money when you win. Also, make sure you follow at BetMyBookie on Twitter. They personally respond to every single mention in DM, not to mention they've given away more than $10,000 in free money to their followers this football season. You'll be the first to know as soon as new odds and props are posted. Don't miss out. One of the best weeks to bet on sports is this week. Log on to MyBookie right now and use promo code PAT and get 50% deposit bonus. That's promo code PAT. You play, you win, you get paid. Uh, gambling used to be complicated and confusing. Mm -hmm. My bookie made it very simple. Oh yeah, a lot of things used to be complicated and confusing. Podcasting used to be lighting the studio. Used to be <laughs> Evan Foxy figured it out, and also ticket buying used to be a very complicated and confusing situation. Until our friends at SeatGeek made it the easiest thing to do for you to go enjoy an evening with your friends, family, or solo. Whether it's comedy, theater, sports. 
uh, any other type of live event, SeatGeek is the greatest ticket buying app on planet Earth because mm-hmm. they scan all the other sites to make sure you are getting the best bang for your buck, the best ticket that you could possibly get for your budget. SeatGeek does all the work for you, and they don't catfish you either. The ticket they tell you you're getting is the ticket you receive. You're alive, but are you living? Go live and experience something live. Maybe take a lady out. Ooh, maybe take a friend out. Whoa, maybe take your family out. Hey, holiday season. Let's go enjoy life a little bit and go see something live and in person. Because you're not just buying a ticket, you're buying a memory and a story. And the only place to buy that at is at SeatGeek. Use promo code PAT on your first purchase and get $10 off. Use promo code MacRaven and get $20 off your first purchase. SeatGeek, their greatest ticket buying app on earth. Let's get to the show. What's up, man? Hey Pat, sorry, I was yelling at somebody there in the background. Don't you ever, don't you ever apologize to me, all right? You understand? Hey, listen, I don't need you wasting any of your good shit right now, okay? Just wait for a second. Oh, fuck, I'm looking at a fucking tax return. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. <laughs> Stop. You're a, life, you're a life coach now. It's a big day. It is. It's a big deal. You know, my, uh, my salary just increased quite, quite a bit, so I'm pretty excited about it. All right, let's get to it. You ready? Lady, yeah, you can't see. I was about to give you an intro right there, and you just. Stepped. You got any pants on? I have pants on. Yeah, where are you? Are you in your house? In your room? Where are you? No, I'm at work. Where? I'm working a, hard, dude. In a all bank. Day long. You're in a bank right now. Yeah, man, we're in a, ba- a credit union. Don't don't get us confused with those those pesky slimy banks. We're credit union. We're for the people here. Okay. Do you have a button down on and like khakis on? That's what I'm imagining. No, I got jeans and a. Like a polo, pullover type deal. Well, I guess it's out. Cats in, aren't out though. I guess it's out in Iowa, so that's probably what they they would like you at your credit union to be a little relatable. Put the jeans on. Yeah, I just got just got to cover up the tats, you know. I just don't want to scare anybody. <laughs> Those American tats, though, are something that is absolutely beautiful. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. I was thinking about getting an American flag tattoo on my arm. I thought about you a lot. You should. Well, I think you have the best one. It ties in the best. You know, it, it looks like it's uh, it's very patriotic, but it also looks natural. You know, it feels natural too. My problem was I got like I just got a bunch of random tattoos, so then I had to like figure out how to blend them all together so I don't look super white trash, but I still kind of look a little bit white trash, so like I fit in at family reunions and stuff. Yeah, because you don't want to sell out your people. Absolutely, man. No, definitely not. Especially now that you're a big corporate credit union guy. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't you get a prison tat? Don't you have an at-home tattoo somewhere on you? I got a what? Didn't you get like a prison tat, like an at-home tattoo gun? Yeah, yeah. My brother got uh, my older uh, brother that's older than me. He got tattoo. He got a tattoo gun, and we he went to town. Went to town on the kitchen table one night. How old were you when that happened? Uh, I was like eight. <laughs> No, no, this was this was when I was in college. <coughs> was this in the first two was this in the first two years when you weren't playing, you were drinking too much, fighting people and being an asshole, as George Kittle called it? Yeah, that's pretty much. Yeah, I was doing a lot of stuff. I I, I didn't leave out to get not get don't get tattoos because you, know, you gotta get get tatted up. <laughs> I don't know. George Kittle is tatted up, by the way, I think. I think he is he's tatted. tatted. Yeah. He's tatted and he's spatted. White boy tatted, white boy's spatted, man, he's looking good. <sighs> You Iowa people are just a whole other breed of human. You know that. You mean that? 
That's a good thing, right? Yes. I I don't think I've... And I talked about this about Mitch King, A.J. Eads. Now there's George Kittle character, Dallas Clark. Bob Sanders never talked to me. I don't think he talked to anybody. But it seems as if the Iowa Iowa people are just good people. I appreciate that. You know, we're we're pretty pretty down to earth. We're pretty much down for whatever. We're going to work hard. We're going to fight, you know. And uh, we like to drink our beer and we like to have a good time. But we also like to work hard and play hard. So... Yeah, I was a good spot, man. There's good people here. I can... I'd say well, Indiana's good, too. You know, I, I I don't talk a lot about how much I enjoyed my, my time in Indy. I, I really like the people there. It's a lot like Iowa. What, did, do you reflect um, fondly upon your time in the NFL? Um, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, there's a lot of good times there. I mean, I, I think about it quite a bit. Um you know, especially when you know when you're at home watching the games and you're seeing guys that you know and that you played with, and yeah, man, it was it was it was fun. And we, you know, hell, we had a lot of good times. You know, on that field, especially you know slapping Snow's ass on uh, you know out there on punt and him getting all pissed. And, I feel like I feel like we did have a good time. Our team had a good rapport in there. Yeah, for, for for as much as we lost, we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> What's the highlight of your NFL career? What did you say? What's the highlight of your NFL career? Oh, man. Highlight? Yeah, yeah. I mean, pl- playing with you, other than that. I respect that. Um, I don't know, man. I tell you what, we, we had fun. And, you know, first couple of years were really good. And, uh, you know, I, I played pretty well. And um, I try to remember those years, those those good times. And, you know, the last couple of years kind of sucked as far as getting hurt and all that. And um, but, you know, just playing hard and, you know, and making plays and making tackles and celebrating and, and, and dicking around, having a good time. Those were, those were pretty good times, man. Do you remember whenever you told George Kittle the, that exact uh, life lesson? Because he, whenever he said it, I was like, oh, that sounds like it's straight out of Pat Anger's mouth. And he was like, yeah, Pat probably doesn't remember this. So it was at 6 a.m. It was a 15-second conversation that I'm sure he'll never remember. Did you remember ever saying that? Or whenever he said that story the other day on the show, you are like, oh, good for me. <laughs> no, actually, you know what I do? Because um, I was back there, um, you know, because I want to get in strength conditioning. So I was back there learning from Coach Doyle. And, you know, I was in there on the lifts and, you know, walk around like I was all tough and, you know, you know, all that, the strength conditioning stuff that you do. Uh-huh. And, uh, he came over and was like, hey, you know, what, what changed for you? And, uh, yeah, because you know, I didn't know that. Hold on, my- though. By the way, I didn't know this that your first two years at Iowa, you weren't shit. I didn't know that. I figured you were a stud. No, I didn't start until like the third or fourth game my junior year. Really? So you were just a practice squad All American there for a while? Pretty much, I was pretty much like a like a bar drinking all American, you know. Um, I mean, I always worked hard, and I always did, you know. I always worked hard in the weight room and, and on the field and stuff. But you know, I'd burn the candle at both ends, and you know, I wasn't good enough to where I could, you know, balance it both. And um, you know, I had a lot of injuries. Yeah. So my first two years, Abdul Hodge and Chad Green were the linebackers, and or my first year, Abdul Hodge and Chad Green. Those guys went to the NFL. Those guys are awesome. Greenway played for like a hundred years made a billion tackles, and then the next two years there were two other guys that were, were very good, Mike Humpel and Mike Klinkenberg. So, you know, I, I came in right away, and I'm like, well, hey, you know, I'm just going to hang out and have a good time, and I'll play, you know, when I'm a junior and, you know, all that stuff. So I didn't take it. I didn't prepare like I was a starter right away like I should have. And, um, you know, it kind of – in the sophomore year, like everybody on the team got hurt um, except for me and a true freshman, and they're like, hey – and they were trying to figure out who they needed to put in. And instead of putting me in, they put in this true freshman, burn this true freshman's red shirt. So after that, I was going to quit. I was like, screw this. I'm going to join the military, kill a bunch of 
Taliban and, you know, be done with it. And, um, you know, instead of, you know, instead of being like, you know, it's everybody else's fault. I'm not playing. You know, this is bullshit. I'm getting screwed over. I looked myself in the mirror. I was like, hey, dumbass, why don't you fix what you're doing and, uh, you know, start doing things the right way. And that's kind of what I did. And, yeah, that's kind of how I, you know, what I told George is like, you know, it sucks not playing, but you kind of got to look at yourself and look in the mirror and say, hey, you know, this is what I got to change. And for me, uh, I had to make Iowa football the most important thing in my life. And, and once I started doing that, that's when I started having success. Holy shit. Hey, that was a real statement you just said. That was a real life lesson you just delivered right there. You yeah. like that, man? Yeah. I'm a life coach now. I charge by the hour. <laughs> What's your rate? What do you got? (laughs) Are you getting into professional wrestling right now? I did. I did do a show um, up in up in Iowa City, and uh, I got I got talked into doing a tag team match. So I'll I'll (laughs) I'll be doing that. But I'm very fat, very out of shape, and I was in the ring for maybe you know a couple minutes, maybe like a minute at that show, and uh, I was exhausted. Did you? Did you get the win? Well, I just so an Iowa guy was in there, and he got jumped by the, these two guys, vicious and delicious, real dirty guys, oh. real cheap, bad guys. So I had to jump in the ring, and I'm like, "Hey, man, get off my boy!" Yeah. So they acted like they're leaving the ring, and then they jumped me. So I had oh. to whoop their ass. Of course you did, Pat. You're not just gonna take it standing, take it laying down from vicious and delicious. You're damn right. I'm not gonna just sit there and let these dudes try to mess with me. I'm gonna whoop their ass, and that's what I did. We tossed them out of the ring, and now they, now they got a little tag team match, and. You know, they're going to get the boot to him because I whooped them. I was going on, I was like on four years of Bush Light. Now I'm on two weeks of clean eating. They're pretty screwed. <laughs> oh, what if you become a professional wrestler? What if you fall in love with what you're about to do with Vicious and Delicious? And all of a sudden, this is like you're the new Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I think I got about one match in me and I'm, and I'm good. Those guys, those guys work hard, their travel schedule is ridiculous. Um, I, I don't know if I got it in me. And, and then I, they, you can't swear, which is hard, obviously. I don't know how they do that. I don't know how when you're announcing. I don't know how you don't swear all the time. I, we, I'll tell you what. They, we have like seven rehearsals before that show starts, and they try to get it all out of me before it even starts. <laughs> and then when it goes live, there's somebody in my ear that's like, remember, this is a family show. And then it's like, we're on. It's like it's, it's a running – it's almost a running joke. Like, am I going to drop a fuck on the WWE Network? <laughs> It's a wild scene. Uh, it's a wild. There's a lot of money in it, though. I think you'd be a good character. It'd, it'd be fun, man. It, it would definitely be a good time. But yeah, I mean, you're like me. Like we grew up watching that stuff. We grew up loving it, and and to even just be in the ring just for a little bit, like is like a dream. You know, even if it's yep. just a, you know, it's just a small show. That's like what we. I mean, that's like what we wanted to do growing up. I didn't want to be a football player. I wanted to be Hulk Hogan. You know, I mean, that's. That's what we grew up watching, and uh, you know it was kind of cl- it was cool being in the ring because it brought me back to to playing, and it, you know it brought back those same emotions, which which was which was pretty fun, you know. Look at you, a little nostalgia, a little glory days in there. By the way, oh, you're yeah. you're 100 right. I did grow up wanting to be a professional wrestler, and I'm one to know. I took on a guy named War Pig coming out of college before I got drafted down in, Char- in an armory down in Charleston, West Virginia. I'm, I'm undefeated. Who's next? Don't know if you ever heard that tagline. It's my tagline in wrestling. <laughs> Who's next? I'm still undefeated. <laughs> 
uh, you're taking on the world, man. I like it. I'm trying. I like it. I'm not a life coach, though, like you. Like, George Kittle might go on to be an all-pro, like a, a literally a consummate all-pro. Mm-hmm. And he says, he is on record of saying that he's excited that Travis Kelsey follows him. And then on the complete opposite side of that, <laughs> the man that turned his complete life around was Pat Anger. Who just told him not to be an asshole. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy. <laughs> Uh, what's crazy is I'm still an asshole and I still drink a lot and I don't I don't sleep very well. So I mean it's I don't know my life's a mess right now. Yeah, but you're retired and you're working in banks. Sorry, credit unions. Credit unions. Yeah, we're for the members here, Pat. We're not we're not all these filthy banks. We're here for the members. We're we're community. We're good people here. Do you watch any NFL at all on the weekends? I do. You know, this is this was the first year. So I'm not. I, I coached high school a couple of years when I when I got out, and this is the first year I'm not coaching. And this is the first year, like I really truly enjoyed just sitting down and watching football. I'm really having a good time with it, and it's it's a great year to watch it, man. Those uh, those running backs are unreal. You, know, you got you know Hunt and and Gurley and all those guys. I mean, those guys are just phenomenal. It's been I've I've probably had more fun watching football than I have you know my whole life because you know when you're playing. It's a job. You're, you're doing it all day, and the last thing you want to do when you get home is freaking watch football. But now, just I, I, I really, truly enjoy it. It's been, it's been a really fun year. Do you just watch? Do you watch the linebackers heavily? Like, are you from watching all those years of film? Do you just naturally draw yourself to watching the linebackers? Sometimes I'll catch myself like being like, oh, you know, they're in this coverage, or you know, the offense is going to do this. But for the most part, because that, that gets exhausting and. For the most part, I just like to watch the ball like every other idiot and just kind of like enjoy it. You know, I don't want to get too caught up, caught up into trying to decipher what the hell they're doing. Um, but yeah, I mean, Jason Witten, Jason, good linebackers hey, out there. Jason Witten tries his best to decipher what's going on. That motherfucker ain't got no clue. I don't know how he was so good in the league. He got no clue what's going on in that field. Well, that's be- you know why he was really good because dudes like me were guarding him. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he was good. <laughs> I'd be looking, I'd be looking, looking back at Antoine Bethany and be like, "Hey, what am I supposed to do here?" Like, Turn around, dumbass! You're supposed to guard that guy. Like, okay, all right. <laughs> Jason Witten's telling these stories at his family about how he roasted this guy who is the leader in NFL sacks and currently the tag team champion of Iowa, Pat Anger. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, man, it's a crazy life. It's a crazy ride, man. It's just, you know, I'm here. I'm, I'm, I'm encouraging people's life. I'm put. I'm, I'm the only people. My only clients are all pro tight ends. <laughs> and you're not old- to mention I'm the tag team champ. I mean, it's a, it's a wild ride, and I'll get you the best rate you can get on a, on a mortgage. <laughs> are you gonna work forever? No, man. I'm just, I'm just gonna. I'm gonna ride this life coach out for a while, and then probably just retire right off in the sunset. Buy some six shooters, get a horse, and just go out west. <laughs> what didn't you say? You and your friends in the off season went took a trip to Tombstone or something? What didn't you? Um, you had a friend who was in the military, came back. You guys went out into like the desert and like shot a bunch of guns. Was that you? Am I? Am I? Yeah. <laughs> so. So my, when my buddy would get back from Afghanistan, we we got an RV um, up in Minnesota because that's where one of my other buddies was living. So we we got an RV up in Minnesota. We drove all the way down to Tombstone, Arizona. And the last thing you probably want to do with a guy who's just getting back from war is lock him in a uh, an RV for 24 hours with a bunch of booze. Uh, it's probably not the best idea. 
but it was a blast. We had a good time. Went down to Tombstone, met some cowboys, went to shoot some guns, and uh, probably wanted from the police down there, but, uh, you know, we got out alive. <laughs> That's absurd. People spend their off-season getting married, traveling to the beach. <laughs> Pat Anger hopped in an RV in Minnesota with a veteran, drove to the desert, shot a bunch of guns, drove back. <laughs> We'd always, we'd end up, they'd always get us like, you know, we'd be leaving the bar at like two in the morning or whatever, and they'd, there'd always be some like, um, like psychic down there. So we'd pay them a bunch of money and they'd have us talk to like these old like cowboy spirits and stuff. It's pretty wild ride. So we talked to, you ever watched that Tombstone movie? Doc Holliday. Doc, we talked to Doc. We talked to all those guys, man. It's pretty wild. It's pretty crazy. What did Doc have to say? Anything awesome? He respects us. He likes us. <laughs> And I think if we paid them a little bit more, he probably would respect us a little bit more as well. I have a question. Is this something I could go do? I can go to this old town in the middle of the desert and live like I live in the like in uh, a Western movie? Dude, you should go to Tombstone, man. It's awesome. Absolutely. Anybody can go to it. It's an old Western town, man. It's, it's awesome. It's what do you do? It's half away from an hour and a half away from Tucson. And it's like there's saloons and duels and shit? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's guns getting shot off there all the time, which which was also, you know, you got a guy who's just come back from war and there's random guns shots going off. It's probably not the best idea either. Uh, all right. You get back to your taxes, man. When, uh, when are we going to Tombstone? <laughs> I'll get the RV, bro. All right, perfect. Hey, uh, who's going to the Super Bowl? Oh, God, I don't know. I, I tell you what, I like the Rams. I like the Chiefs. But I feel like... I feel like the Pats are going to come on strong. They're probably going to end up winning it again. Did Tom Gronk's Brady get healthy? Did you ever get an interception on Tom Brady? No, but he threw a lot of touchdowns on me, which wasn't very nice. <laughs> you got to pick off Peyton Manning, though, right? Yeah, but that was, really wasn't anything I did. You know, it was, uh, I think, uh, Walden tackled him, and then it just kind of fell into my lap, and everybody was like, get down, you slow ass. <laughs> did they make fun of you for being a Caucasian there, or just slow ass? No, no, they didn't. I mean, usually they do, but it was mainly just get down and don't ruin this game for us like you already almost have. Didn't Aaron Rodgers – you got a pick from Aaron Rodgers too, didn't you? No, I got a, I got a pick from um, – Aaron Rodgers scored a touchdown on me, but I got a pick, <laughs> I got a pick from uh, um, Hasselbeck. Oh, yes, and when he was at Tennessee, and then he joined the team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is there a conversation there between you two or no? Like when Trendon Holiday, after my tackle against him, he came and worked out for the Colts like a few weeks later, and he wouldn't talk to me. Like I wanted to go talk to him, and he wouldn't talk to me. He was like, stay off on his own. Hasselbeck. Really? Yeah, Hasselbeck. There was a Grigson, whenever he got there, he wiped out all the pictures of all, anything that happened before he got there, all the captain's pictures, everything like that. He put up only new pictures from new guys. And 15 out of the 20 pictures were either Charlie Whitehurst or Matt Hasselbeck getting tackled. <laughs> And they both ended up on our team. They both ended up on our team. And he would just have to walk by those photos every day. It was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. <laughs> no, you know, Matt's a, Matt's a very humble guy, and he's a good dude. He didn't, you know, we're, we're fine. I mean, he's, yeah, he threw a, lot he's of a good enough player, made enough money. I don't think he really cares that, too, that much about it. How about he's on ESPN right now? Do you watch any of our former uh, teammates that are on the TV and judge them at all? Yeah, I think those guys do good, man. I think Matt does awesome. I wish he would he would be on more games. He does a good job, and, I, the, and then Reggie does good, does good on TV as well. Dan Orlowski, unreal. He's awesome as well. I mean, those guys do it right. Did you ever talk to Reggie? When they need to, need to get you on there. Yeah. Do you ever talk to Reggie? 
Yeah, I mean, I know he hates you. Um, he never like talked. Most everybody else. <laughs> Man, I don't understand why he never talked. Eight years, we're teammates for seven years. Not a one conversation. How's that happen? We're, well, weren't you weren't you stuck on a plane with yep. like next to him? Once he didn't say what he did. <laughs> <laughs> he was two rows behind me. He was two rows behind me, and I was like woken up by him talking in such a jovial manner with this old white guy who I thought was his agent. Nope, he just met him. Just met him. Had this full conversation with the guy. I'm like, yeah, I've showered with you like four times. <laughs> no, Reg, Reggie was cool. He he talked to me mainly because I was I was hurt all the time. So we were in the oh, you God. know we were in the uh, training room together. So we you know. We're, you just didn't get hurt enough. You got to get get hurt more. That's how you. That's how you. You know, get it in with those guys. Reggie does well on TV, though. I think he's good on TV. He does a good job, man. He's a good dude. Freeney also good on TV. Freeney can talk. He's smooth. He is, and he's one of the best to ever play football, too. Yeah, it helps. Jeff Saturday does a good job as well. Great eyes, cool. beautiful smile, cool. nice hair, skinny. He's much skinnier than you or I right now. Yeah, I'm pretty fat, man. Pretty fat. Are you really, or is this like you just being hard on yourself? I don't know. I mean, I try to keep my shirt on as much as I can. <laughs> but, uh, I don't know, I'm probably like, I don't know, 235 or so, 240. I'm 240 right now as well. You're a beast. I'm trying, man. I'm trying to get in that when ring. I, when I, do you need a life coach or a <laughs> partner or, All right, well, or a mortgage? Listen, we're going to end this with a, a, life le- or a, a life coaching speech uh, from you to me, bud. You, you, you need the five pillars of life that I live by? Yep, absolutely. Right now, please. All right. Well, maybe four. Let me see what I can think of. Don't, don't crap where you eat. Okay, don't crap where I eat. Like dogs. Got it. Keep deodorant in your car. Deodorant in the car. You never know. Okay. Never trust a born-again Christian. Because <laughs> they did something that was bad to become Exactly. That. <laughs> don't ever trust them. <laughs> don't ever... Don't you ever let another man squirt water in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) You had a tweet two weeks ago. You said, the league is filled with guys that I like and then guys who let other men squirt water into their mouth. It was incredible. It's the worst, man. Just grab the water bottle like a real man. (laughs) And then here's the last one. I'd say um, don't get a neck tattoo unless you got $5 million. Neck tat, five mil. Got it. Okay, so we don't crap where you eat, deodorant in the car, um, never I – don't, I didn't write that one down. Four, don't let guys squirt water in your mouth, neck tattoo, minimum $5 million. Never trust a born-again Christian. Never trust a born-again Christian. Yeah, yeah, that's a true – let me write that one down. Because you remember that guy we had, the D lineman, the white D lineman that read the Bible every single day? Yeah, that was really scary looking. See, I had a different one. Yes, him. He was very scary, but he read the Bible literally in the hot tub, in the cold tub, in the training room, in the hotel, on the bus. I thought he made a deal with God. Like, if you get me out of this, I will be the most religious human of all time. (laughs) I thought for sure that happened. I'm like, this guy killed a guy. For sure he killed a guy. The complete opposite of Zibby Kasky, which is why me and Zibby were probably better friends. (laughs) Zibby, Zibby. Do you talk to him now? You know what? He came back. He came back into town. Uh, one of my buddies we talked about before, who you know had had a heart attack and ended up was in a coma for a while. We were in a parade, and, and Zibby called me. He's like, "Hey, I want to meet him." So he drove down from uh, Chicago uh, the morning of Fourth of July and came down just to shake his hand and say hello, and then drove back up. That's pretty cool, man. How is Zibby? He's doing good, man. I think he's going to be boxing or doing MMA or. 
something. I think he's clean, right? I think he he had a whole 30 for 30 about how, or maybe not a 30 for 30. There was some story that came. First day I met him coming into training camp, sitting in the lobby of Anderson, it was probably 11.30 a.m. first day of training camp. He was on his third Guinness beer. <laughs> it was one of the most impressive things I've ever seen in my entire life. I walked in. And he's like, oh, what's up? My name's Tom or whatever. I'm like, oh, what's up? My name's Pat. And he was like, there's two crumpled up Guinness cans next to him, and he's holding a third. I'm like, this is the first day of training camp. I'm like, this dude is on another fucking level. This guy is an animal. He was a good player, Uh, too. Yeah, he was good. You know, and I think he used to always go out, like, before games uh, when we were away and be like, hey, Pat, you want to come out there? I'm like, no, dude, I got enough problems. But, uh, you know, he's doing well, man. Tom, Tom's a good dude. He's a good guy and, you know, obviously he had, you know, some demons. But he, he's doing good, man. I'm happy for Tom. You got to get him on the show. I know. That's what I'm – in my head, that's what I'm thinking right now. I like Tom a lot. I like Zivikowski a, a lot. Dude. I liked him a lot. Great dude. He was a lunatic, though, for sure. Like a full-on – he was an undefeated boxer whenever he was playing for the Colts. He had a yeah. he, he had a fight in college in Madison Square Garden when he was in Notre Dame. He went out there and knocked the guy out in the first round. And got like fifty grand from it as a college. He was a college football player. He was a Golden Gloves champ, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think he's like an undefeated yeah. boxer, like an actual undefeated boxer, which would be he's badass. Yeah, it'd be nice to have that just hanging in the mantle. <laughs> by the way, it's better to be an amateur tag team champ. I think that's just you that's kind of why. spinning that life coach thing for yourself there. I think you're just kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. All right, Kid Rock. Hey, Kid Rock, still your favorite musician, or have you moved on? I like Kid Rock, Johnny Cash, Merle Haggard, Waylon Jennings. What a man you are! Uh, Eric, I tell you what, Eric Church is solid. I don't know much Eric about Church Eric Church. Church. He's cool. Huh. Well, see you later, Pat. <laughs> All right, man. Hey, love you, brother. Have a good time, man. We'll see you. <laughs> you too. You're the best. See you, Pat. <laughs> see you, man. That's the most ridiculous conversation I think I've ever had in my entire life. That was good. How about him? Just they literally he gets back. We get back into OTAs or whatever. And it's kind of like the first day of school where everybody's like, "Oh, what you doing this summer? What you doing this summer?" Right. Whenever he sat down next to me, I was like, "Yo, how was your break?" He was like, "I went down to this like this western town." <laughs> and I was like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "My friend got back from Afghanistan, so we got an RV. We went down to the desert. We shot a bunch of guns like we were in a western movie, and then we just had a good time." And of I'm all like, the things, I'm like, are you kidding me right now? <laughs> He's like, yeah, no big deal. I was like, no big deal. That's a hysterical. Pat Anger is the, he is an American. He is an American's American, that guy. American flag tattoos all over. Prison tats whenever he's in college. How about when he say he was eight years old? (laughs) That's the guy who shaped George Kittle's life. That's the guy that is going to make George Kittle possibly be one of the greatest tight ends in NFL history. That guy right there. Tag team champ. Dude, he was a legend. Speaks well, too. Maybe he could be in the WWE. He, I think he would be loved in the WWE, by the way. Good he character. would be loved in the WWE. Yeah. It's a lot of work, though. It seems like he's past the physical work Kicks part back, yeah. of his life, you know? Like, hey, it seems like their schedule's crazy, but if Vicious and Delicious want to get one... <laughs> <laughs> I love Pat Anger. I'm so thankful he joined us. Incredible, just relaxed conversation while he's midday at the credit union. For those of you that don't know much about Pat Anger, who is a teammate of mine, led the NFL in tackles for a year, was a second-round draft pick for the Indianapolis Colts as a middle linebacker. He's also just an outstanding human being. Here's a little throwback Thursday clip from the first time Pat Anger was on my show. 
I was hoping we'd talk about the naked locker room fight, but you can oh. we can save that for another time. I didn't know if you wanted me to bring it up well, or not. I, I, I didn't know if you wanted me yeah. to bring that up or not. Pat, yeah, it's a pretty funny deal. Pat Anger, big time MMA guy, loves like he mm-hmm. big time tough grit guy, and he was involved in one of the most action packed nude brawls I've ever seen in a locker room. <laughs> well, let's, let's hear about it. Yeah. If you'd like to yeah. talk about it, Pat, please go ahead. Yeah, so I walk in the locker room, and this is this is during my whole surgery thing, and this was, I think I had three surgeries in one month, so I was just kind of pissed off, and I was about a month out of that, and I was just kind of mad, and I walk in the locker room, and, and Dwayne's talking to Free, and they're arguing. Dwayne Allen. And I'm like, yeah, and I like Dwayne. I don't want this to say any. I don't want this to be anything bad about Dwayne. Dwayne's a good guy. Um, but, uh, you know, he's talking about Free, how he's the best tight end in the league and all this shit, and I'm like, dude, shut up, man. And he goes, shut up, man. You don't even play. So I'm like, oh, shit, I got to punch this guy. <laughs> and, and, and he's 280 at the time, so I, I try to punch him. I don't think it even hits or does anything. And he tackles me, and everybody kind of comes on top of me. And I see it looks like his, like, arm's broken. And uh, so I come out the side, and I'm like, oh, shit. Well, it turns out he was in a he was in a towel when we started fighting, and it wasn't his arm that was broken. It was, it was his big wiener. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the worst thing about it is, you know, I ended up with a black eye and herpes. <laughs> Luckily, you didn't go for an armbar there. <laughs> yeah, no shit. Yeah. His dick had an elbow. Uh, Did you white guys try you know, to shower I, together? Well, I, I remember after you know after that, you know, everybody's kind of you know it was kind of funny and blah blah blah. So I'm in the shower. I'm with Pat. It's like Pat was the only one that would talk to me after that, and uh, I'm like. He's like, you good? I'm like, yeah, man, I just don't want to get in trouble. And, you know, you looked at me, you looked at, like, my pathetic body and my tiny wiener, and we're like, no, no, you're good, man. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anthony Costanzo was naked as a motherfucker, too. He was trying to break it up. So it was Dwayne Allen, who was, like, 280 at the time. Uh-huh. Anthony Costanzo had happened in his corner where he was. He just got out of the shower. He's six foot seven, 300, and probably 25, 30 pounds. And then you got a little Pat Anger in there just throwing. And it was just, it was literally a sea of naked humans. And I'm just, like, sitting in the middle of the locker room looking at it like, who's going to break this up? <laughs> Who? I, I want full disclosure. I had my clothes on. I want to go full, full disclosure. I, I was fully clothed. Oh, uh, see, you're just under yeah. all the nude. <laughs> but if I would have known, if I would have known it was going to be a naked thing, I would have made sure to drop my drawers prior to. You know? <laughs> I'm now, not- every time I get in a fight, I make sure I take my pants off. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pat, go fuck yourself. We got to get to a break. <laughs> Hey, love you, brother. Hey, Hey, love you too, man. We need to talk to you soon. Good evening to the ladies and to the gentlemen. This is Quick Hits with Pat and Diggs. Brought to you by mybookie.ag. Promo code PAT. 50% off. No. 50% 50% bonus. Yep. That's so what I it's meant actually to say. 50% not off, but on when you use promo code PAT at mybookie.ag, up to $1,000. Let's go. We bankrupt MyBookie. That's our job. This whole 50 thing is really, really fucked with my head. I mean, it's changed the whole script for you to read every single day. <laughs> You're in you a get bad used spot. You're to a thing for eight weeks. Yep. Then they go ahead and throw a curveball at you. Fucking flip the switch. Here's a curveball midweek. It's the greatest day of the week. It is the greatest day of the week. Would be a real shame Wednesday. I'll go first. Go ahead, go first. 
would be a real shame mm -hmm. if Chuck Pagano and Bruce Arians get back into the coaching ranks in Cleveland. Bruce Arians, head coach and offensive coordinator. Chuck Pagano, D coordinator. They got Baker Mayfield. They got some pieces on defense. All of a sudden, that team gets really good, really quick. And listen, Chuck Pagano will give press conferences talking about our defense flying around. I mean, we're the Browns. This is the dog pound. We've shocked for 45 years, but we're going to be better. Bruce Arians, I'll tell you what, motherfucker, that motherfucker going to throw the ball well. That would be an electric coaching staff in Cleveland. Do you think Chuck would be cool with the old swoop-de-doo from head coach to coordinator? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. A lot of people do it. You see it all the time. You, you literally see – there's guys that – Cable, I think, was a head coach for the Raiders, Correct. and now he's the offensive line yes. coach back at the Raiders. That's Munchak the coaching. Is. That's the way the coaching mm -hmm. world is. Sometimes you got to take a job as a coordinator to become a head coach again. Jim Caldwell did it in Baltimore after he left the Colts, went to Detroit. It's just the way it goes until you get back in that coaching tree. But Bruce and Chuck, I think they get along well. So they would bring their their ragtag group of friends in yeah, there yeah. to coach that the Colts had. There was a lot of success there early. Bruce Arians and Chuck, good minds there. I'll be excited to see what happens. Would be a real shame mm -hmm. if Lev Bell sat out three months <laughs> only to be, to be hurt because some fucking Joe Sunday is at an LA Fitness takes out his knees. Some LA Fitness All-American comes in flying on the rapper. Lev's going out. <laughs> local rapper injured <laughs> at local LA Fitness. If he's going out for a layup and someone wants to play hero mm -hmm. and take out his knees. Yep. That'd be a real shame. Especially now everybody watches basketball. They feel like they're experts. Oh, yeah, for sure. Block, block, taking charges and shit. The uh -huh. left bell. Oh, yeah. Unbelievable. Don't want to do it to Zion Williamson, by the way. No, Don't no, take no. a charge on Zion. Lev Bell, though, he is also a little stout. He looks a little stout. I, I think it's a, it's a genius move because there's no better shape than basketball shape. It's real and cardio. there's no way to, better way to get your confidence back than dunking on Sandy Lyle at the L.A. Fitness. Yenzers at the Bridgeville uh -huh. LA Fitness. Uh-huh. I couldn't even fathom their reaction when yeah. they're because whatever Yo, is that we fucking left. Lev Bell's here. Is he playing? We want him on our team. <laughs> Do you? I thought you said you hated him just two days ago. He screwed over the Yeah, yeah, but I would like him on my basketball team. It's kinda like the football thing. Yeah, I'd like him on the football team no matter how much we hate him, right? You, I mean that's kinda way you it imagine goes. Imagine covering him like I would treat him like he is a glass vase. First of all, I would never cover him. I would oh, yeah, never I get put in a position to cover him because I feel like I outsmart those pickup basketball games. Yo, we're running zone this yep. game. Yep. I make deals with people before games. Yeah, yeah, Excuse yeah. me, are you a runner or yeah, not? We're not oh, you are? You give a lot of effort? That's cool. This is not for me. I'm going to go get somebody else. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yep. When we did the, uh, the lockout, when yeah, the owners yeah. locked us out, LA Fitness is where I went and did cardio. Like, mm -hmm. I actually played pickup games. Nobody had a clue who I was. I had a great time out there. That's great cardio. Great. Great idea. Great idea. I Next. like what Lev's doing. And he's in Pittsburgh. Yep, he's there. I, I told you, I showed you the other day the flight, the private flight that he took from Miami to Pittsburgh. You saw the tail number. Connecting dots. Scoops McGee. Mm -hmm. Would be a real shame, and this is an alley-oop to you, if Drew Brees got another weapon <laughs> out there just to continue this MVP season that he's definitely on. Yeah, it would. Throw up the X down in New Orleans. Throw some beads. Throw up the X and throw an MVP to New Orleans. That's what's going to happen. Their second best wide receiver was their running back and then a tight end, and now they have Dez. Drew's going to win MVP, probably going to win Super Bowl. His dumb kids are going to be on stage again. And I assume there's something that Dez. Uh, <laughs> I know. 
Why'd you have to mention them? I didn't. Those kids are going to probably go to like Harvard or Yale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're going to be the next Zuckerberg probably. <laughs> I bet you if this is like Drew Brees' kids are going to be the next Zuckerberg. Yeah, for sure. I forget what I was going to say. Uh, oh, there, I'm sure there's something that does could teach Mike Thomas too, right? Mike Thomas is an incredible wide receiver. Yeah. Incredible wide receiver. But for that many years in the NFL, there has to be some sort of football IQ that he can relay to Mike Thomas to make Mike Thomas even better. Whether it's the timing of when he puts up his hands so that corners can see when the ball is coming. Maybe it's like eye discipline. Or maybe it's just something small that Des has picked up over his career. It'd be interesting to see if Des Bryant's going to be like one of those veterans who comes in and Mike Thomas is like, I've learned so much from him. I've never thought of Des as a teacher, but maybe. You never know. Possibly. Maybe he's learned. By the way, it would be a real shame if Des tweeted to me that he's going to come on the show and then never comes on the show. That'd be a real shame. Would now, be a real shame. Now we got to go through Saints PR. He ain't going to teach shit. Unbelievable. He tweeted me saying he's going to come on the show and never. He's a liar. Yeah, not a man of his word. Apparently, I hope he does well. Though. It'd be a real shame if Mitch Trubisky and Nick Mullins weren't Mitchell. able. Mitchell Trubisky and Nick Mullins weren't able to overcome Romo Iitis. Come again? What's Romo Iitis? Mm-hmm. It's a rare condition. It's only three quarterbacks have ever had it. It's when your eyes are so beady. <laughs> you can't see. Put up a picture of all three of them next to each other. Look at the fucking eyes. They're all the same Romo-ass eyes. Romo-iitis. You're, you're prone to terrible decisions. You throw a very interceptable ball. Your bones, your bones are like glass. Like Nick Moraldo's. <laughs> your ball security is terrible. This clavicle didn't hear it, though, because that thing's too soft. <laughs> I, it'd just be a real shame if they couldn't overcome that disease. But with advancements in medical, modern medicine. LASIK, yeah, you can do something with your eyes. I think they're going to be okay. Wait till you see the picture of these three together. Is Mitchell Trubisky good? That's, no, he's – so, like, they also – Tari Cohen, show his tweet. He went after somebody for going after Mitchell Trubisky. Like, stop talking about my quarterback. It was like a Terrell Owens moment. But then a lot of people started chiming in on whether or not Trubisky was good or not. I don't know. Part of this disease is you're good enough to be there for 10 years. <laughs> so your team never wins. Side effects. But they also don't sign a new quarterback. These are all side effects yeah, of yeah, this disease. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the commercial. Like, mm-hmm. be a starting quarterback in the NFL. You could possibly throw a, a lot pretty, of interceptions. Uh, you could also probably stick around for a long time but never actually win. <laughs> be an NFL quarterback. Yep. You got one, one more for you. Be a real shame if uh, the Los Angeles Rams – then just hop back on to the winning side of things mm-hmm. after losing to a Des Bryantless Saints last yep. week, uh, because I I went on quite a little run about the Los Angeles Rams being the new standard for football, and it would would be a real shame <laughs> if I had to look like a complete idiot. They are uh, ten point faves against um, the Russell Wilson led Seahawks. They're bad, huh? The Seahawks are bad. I don't, I can't figure them out. I, I don't Janikowski and Dixon are still doing it. Yeah, yeah, thing. they're great for the brand. Great for the brand. Uh, last one. It'd be a real shame if the Giants handled this Kyle Lawletta internal punishment wrong. What happened? So he's the backup quarterback. He got arrested last week for a um, little road rage. Got into it with a cop. The Giants need that. The Giants need a little road rage. So my idea yeah. for, in, for the internal punishment mm-hmm. was to start him at quarterback. But why is starting a quarterback for an NFL franchise a punishment? Well, because their O-line is fucking terrible. Terrible. 31 sacks. Eli's been sacked 31 times. Yeah, he's a statue. He doesn't know how to move. He's a walking sack. But 
He's done. Eli's, Eli's done. He's dead. He's never coming back. So you might as well put Lawletta in there. See With his he, little rage. He's got a little bit of scramble ability, too. More than Eli. You see if you have any future, because you're going to be nope. top, picking the top five again. Nope. See if you need to take a quarterback. The Manning PR. The Manning PR, as soon as that happens. They'll probably push that arrest out even more. They'll Whoa. find video of him doing well, something. Well, Eli can't even blame this on neck fusion surgery. Who could? The other one. No, I don't want to talk about him. He's a god here. What was he that? has a statue. <laughs> Would be a real shame you pissed off an entire state. I don't with, want to do that. With your loose lips. I'm start, the state's starting to grow on me. It's a good place, man. We've got a lot of good laws here, too. Michigan's got the best law that just got passed. A couple though. hours. Just a couple hours, man. Yeah, good for them. Be a real shame if you didn't come watch the show and listen to the show tomorrow. Yep. We got more incredible heater takes. Picks. Oh, the picks. Thursday. Hey, last week we made a lot of people a yep. lot of money. Mm-hmm. Let's do it again. Adios. No, we didn't, by the way. We picked the Raiders last week. They didn't. We'll do better than we did last week. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't we interrupt this program to let you know that two Italians were just speaking about football. Mm-hmm. Two Italians. Anthony DeGilio. Yep. Diggs, the part of Diggs of Quick Hits with Pat and Diggs. And Pat, that other part. Mm-hmm. And you know how I found out that I was Italian? 0.009% Italian. How's that? I use 23andMe. 23andMe is named for the 23 pairs of chromosomes that make up our DNA. Oh, okay. I did not know that. I, didn't know that <laughs> I just learned that. 23andMe is a personal genetic service that helps you understand what your DNA can tell you about you and your family story. As your loved ones get together this Thanksgiving, discover more about the genetic connections you share. Did you inherit your... Beautiful green eyes from your mom or your dad. And how much is your DNA compared to your brother or sister? The 23andMe Ancestry Service allows you to see how your DNA breaks out across 150 regions worldwide. Wow. Yeah, there's, I didn't know there was that many regions. That's a lot. <laughs> to be honest, I had no idea that there was 150 regions. Trace parts of your ancestry to a specific group of individuals from 1,000 plus years ago. Discover how much Neanderthal DNA you inherited. Opt in and connect with DNA relatives and find other 23andMe customers who share your DNA and ancestors. Now you're learning about more family. Family in the greatest time of family year or greatest family time of the year, the yep. holiday season. It's incredible. It's pretty cool. I learned I was Italian. That was a wild moment for me. It's easy to do. You simply spit into the tube provided in your 23andMe kit, register your sample to your t- personal 23andMe account, and in a few weeks, you receive your personal online reports. They send you an email, you click on it, and then everything's in there. They're like, uh, did you know that you are more likely to have boom, 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 than boom, boom, boom? And I'm like, no, I didn't. And then you check, you're like, oh, jeez, they're right. They're 100% right. Did you know that Party View is from a place that organizes a lot of crime and mafia? And I'm like, oh, shit, no. <laughs> I just found that out now. Also, great food. We have great food. Mm-hmm. Oh, we yeah. have great food, a, be- a beautiful culture, a lot of good history. I mean, I learned that about me from 23 and me. Boom. I love You should do it. Really, you should do it. It's I'm going to lo- try it. I honestly think I might be Italian, too. So I'm going to try that. I like pizza. Okay. <laughs> Pasta. Okay. And gambling. I think that's all it takes to be Italian. You never know. 23 and me. Maybe you should go spit in a tube, Foxy. Now through Thanksgiving, 23 and me ancestry service kits are only $49 per kit when you buy two or more kits. So let me tell you why you buy two or more. Just like you want to experience this with somebody else. Right. So like Sam and I, 
Sam and I did it. It was a lot of fun to kind of experience that because her mom is 100% Korean, mm-hmm. South Korean, and she found the exact city that her mom was from and the answer. It was really cool to see. And then she learned about me being Irish, uh, German, and Italian. It was just, it was a really cool moment where you really learn about yourself because maybe you'll learn something that you didn't know about yourself that helps you for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's what 23andMe can do. 23andMe is beautiful. That's 50% off the regular kit price of $99 this holiday. 23 chromosomes being tested. They're giving it to you for 50% off when you buy two or more kits. Order your 23andMe Ancestry Service Kit at 23andme.com slash pat. That's the number 23, spell out A-N-D-M-E dot com slash P-A-T. The numbers 23 A-N-D-M-E dot com slash P-A-T. Go learn a little bit about yourself. Zion fucking Williamson is the truth. Absurd. Because you got to think, we've been following him since 2016. So it's now 2018, about to be 2019. So Zion Williamson hasn't been in the spotlight since he was 16, 17 years old. The internet is like dog years, too. The internet is like dog years. Yeah, so. So like two months on the internet is a year. He's been on the internet for what seems to be, you go dog years, 14 years now. I feel like I've watched Zion Williamson grow from dunking on little white prep school kids in South Carolina Mm -hmm. whenever he was just, what, 16, I guess? 16, 15. Until now, we had a guy who worked here. Your guy, you were roommates oh, with yeah. him. Oh yeah. He considered himself a basketball analyst, and I said he said he likes college basketball and NBA basketball. Claims that he loves basketball. I know nothing really about it. I watch it every once in a while. I know nothing about it, but I'm on the internet. So my, I was trying to like make have a relate like a conversation, like a friendship with him. I'm like, oh, that Zion Zion Williamson kid is the truth or whatever. I said to him yeah. just from seeing him on the internet, yeah, right? Then knowing what to do. And this kid, straight face, Jake Bass said he's not going to do well in college. <laughs> he, his game, his game is only good against high schoolers, not against college kids. I was like, you, you, he's been dunking from the Excuse foul line. Like, really? what, what really? is what does little white kids have to do with him dunking from the fucking foul line since he's sixteen years old? He's six seven, two hundred and eighty pounds. Two eighty. He's six seven, two eighty, and he was no, shooting behind the arc. You're shooting threes. He could play. I'm convinced he could play any sport. He could do basketball. Honestly, I think you put hockey skates on him, he could do hockey. Obviously, <laughs> obviously, he could play football. He could play left tackle, tight end, wide receiver. I mean, I wouldn't put him He could be a starting left tackle somewhere. He, oh, yeah. Yeah. he, he would be a starting left tackle. 6'7". He's 18. 280? Yeah, 6'7", 280. And he can, he's got a 45-inch bird. He'd be the best left tackle. Like, if you just go by scouting, if you go by what... Al Davis did for the Raiders and what Ryan Gertson did for the Colts, which is just find the biggest, fastest, strongest yeah. guy. He'd be the first draft. He'd be the first round. For he'd sure. be the first pick of the draft. I think he's a top ten pick in the NBA and the NFL after this year. Like top after, ten? I think he's gonna I think he's gonna be the number one well, pick. Number one pick in the NBA for sure. I said top ten. He can shoot, yeah. dribble, and pass. He can do everything. Pass pass. And then uh, Dude, Jalen Rose this pass. morning said to Greenberg, Oh, did you hear this? I think he said some of it, but I didn't see what he said. Dude, but Greeny said, would Zion, he asked the question, would Zion start on the Fab Five? Yep. And Jalen oh, yeah. Rose <laughs> went on a run acting like, no, he won it. I'm like, Who, what the fuck are you talking about right now? I, that's the that's old school. The back in my day, guys, can be exactly. the worst. How many times have you heard Charles Barkley say that the NBA today Paul is Pierce harder is than the king of back in my day? Dude. It's a back in my day, exactly. Yeah, but just not having. No. I mean, granted, it's because he only played one game. 
We only right. played one game. We only we only saw one game, so I guess that's why they're acting that way. But Greeny followed it up and said, "He's bigger than LeBron. Yep. He's taller than LeBron." And last <laughs> night he just he did everything. But it's even like, if they just played one game, like if Zion Williamson gets hurt tomorrow and he's done for the season, at the end of the season, Zion Williamson is still the best basketball player yeah. we saw all year. Yeah. So good. And did you see his interview? No, I didn't. Was he was like a giddy little kid. Nice. Yeah. They said he's like the funniest guy on the team. He's actually. like a giddy yeah. little kid. He was just like, yeah, I just like playing basketball. I'm like, giggled a couple times. It's like, you haven't been ruined yet by the corporate business yeah. side. 1.7 million Instagram followers. Oh, he's been here. Yeah. He's been here. Ray <laughs> follows him. He's All these kid. famous people follow him. Zion is a Disney Channel movie made, too. Like, you're just yeah. saying the name Zion. You can go anywhere. Zion. How does Coach K... All these years, all these NCAA basketball teams are getting hit with recruiting violations and paying people and all this shit. Coach K dies his hair. He has to. Coach K, at 100 years old, has just been good forever. There has to be something. It's Team USA. It's the USA. So he basically runs USA basketball. So I feel like he's at the top of the mountain from that standpoint. So you think he has a head start on recruiting? Strictly because he's coach of the USA. Head start on recruiting, and I think he knows the rules better than anybody. So if there are like a little way to work your way around a rule, he would know. I always wondered why football coaches, like for instance, when Reggie Bush's parents or something were getting an apartment paid for by an uncle or by a booster, couldn't you just have the parents work for the booster and have them pay a salary of that? So, like, I'm not a... Be, sure. Because when I was in college, I think it was Oklahoma or Oklahoma State, some of them were working at a car dealership, and they were getting, like, 40 grand in the summer for working at a car dealership, and they never showed up, and it was, like, this big deal. Huh. It was yeah, a yeah. huge thing. I don't remember if it was Oklahoma. It was somebody west of us. My brain is remembering west. <laughs> I don't remember who it was, though. And it was, like, a big deal, and I was like, well, why don't they just hire their parents? Just pay their parents. Just pay their parents. Especially because I feel like those parents... You know, no, but that not, gets around all the NCAA yeah, rules. It seems like a legal option. You just, you just, just hire, hire the parents. Yeah, you're hiring someone. Like if a booster wanted to hire Tim and Sally McAfee and pay them $200,000, what, <laughs> what, how does the NCAA... They're like, oh, they're going to come after Tim McAfee? Because this guy wants... My dad would be like... Oh, I'm a truck driver for fucking 15 years working with wood. Now somebody wants to hire me and y'all motherfuckers got a problem with it. You know, like how would you, that has to be the way. That must be, yeah, I think that's the only way to do it. But I don't understand Zion's, like kind of, his high school experience. Because like you said, he was dunking on white prep school kids. Little, so little foxes. Little, little tiny yeah, foxes. Yeah, yeah. Skinnier even. So probably worse jump shots. Than <laughs> oh, I didn't know. Oh, definitely. I guarantee, probably guarantee that. Seriously, the league he played in, Zion Williamson in high school was playing guys who were 5'10". And he was, I think he was born 6'7", 280 pounds. <laughs> Hold on. So, LaAngelo, La, La LaMelo, La LaDonald, La which one? LaMelo. The one going back to high school? Yeah. One going back to high school. He's going to high school in Ohio. Actually. With yeah. a kid that's 7'1". Did you see that? He's He's got that giant thing. Yeah, yeah he has yeah. to. Like the That's European. unbeatable! That's <laughs> unbeatable! Can't you just stand there with your hands? Yes! Just like this? It's people can just shoot for air balls. I watched those videos. I watched those videos of them, the overgrown, the oversized, the over tall guys, yep. young kids playing against the other little kids. Yeah. Like I know it's probably very hard in a bad look for parents to complain about having to play against somebody. <laughs> 
But it'd be hard if I'm a parent on the other team paying for these tournaments all around the country. Yeah, yeah. And we have to match up with this eight foot tall kid. Like it's in a game that revolves around height. I feel like that's an unfair advantage. Because those dudes just stand under the hoop. It in. <laughs> they stand under the hoop though, and these little kids whose parents thought they were gonna be the next J Will or whatever. Come find it. And you swat that shit. It looks like an NBA player with their kids. Yeah, no, it's. I mean, in that, in high school, is unfair. You have to also think center who works with the center the most, the point guard. So you're taking a guy who's played professional European in basketball in Lithuania who didn't go to school anymore. Yeah. And then just decided to go back to high school and he's just. Basically, just closing his eyes, throwing it towards the net, so and knowing he's giant. He's going to get 45 assists in a game, and he can yeah. miss all the threes he wants because he's got someone to rebound. Right there, it's crazy. Lamar Ball does it again. Yeah, he does. This guy does it again. He's good. I think he's smart. I think he knows what he's doing. I and really do. He's I'm been very happy. quiet lately too, and that's why I think he knows what he's doing. Because now he's getting quiet. Because his son's in the NBA now. He doesn't have to be the guy to. Be a voice because now Lonzo Ball can be a voice. Yeah. He's a grown up. He has a child. I now. think LeBron talked to him. I, uh, yeah, I do. You think LeBron talked to him? I do. I think there was a real sit down conversation that happened. Probably I, LeBron and Magic. I don't think it was disrespectful. I think they were like, I think they went to LeVar with a very respectful manner. Like, hey, listen, we respect what you've done. You made your kids very. Yeah. Yeah. But if there's any way, we're paying Lonzo a lot of money right now. Is there any way that we could just. Maybe you have to show up just for a second, yeah. and who knows? Maybe it works. I like. I might be too naive to think that, but it feels like as soon as LeBron got there, before LeBron got there, LeVar Ball was chatty. So he called it Lonzo's team, yeah. not LeBron's team. Very, yeah. very chatty. Uh-huh. Very, very chatty. And then as soon as LeBron got there, there's, there's been no... There had to be a conversation. Well, he has that effect too. I feel like LeBron has that overpowering. Like he, he's when he. They're bad, them, huh? They look up to. Yeah. yeah well, they still start. Though. They've been talking about Luke Wall and kind of being shaky. Head yeah. coach, head coach Luke Wall. Coaches always get heat. So always. Bill. Always. I watched the uh, the Miami Heat coach when LeBron was down there. Spolstra. Yeah. There it was. I watched him in a timeout during a Pacers playoff game. I got seats right behind Miami Heat's bench, like first row, right behind the bench. So you guys have seen those spots. Oh yeah. yeah. It was awesome. It was such a hilarious. It was me and AQ. I think. I think me and AQ nice. were sitting there. Hysterical evening, obviously. Yeah. I'm probably on cloud 15. AQ is just <laughs> AQ. And they had a timeout. It was in like maybe the second quarter. I remember. They had a timeout. Spolstra held a dry erase board <laughs> and didn't write anything on it. He Jeez. just held it in the huddle and didn't write anything on it. He started as a video editor. But he didn't. It was just like he was posing for the, the camera yeah, that's going to yeah. shoot on him. In the playoffs. And there was no talking in the entire huddle. Like LeBron didn't talk. D-Wade Nobody talked It was just like a It felt like a staged timeout I was like This is absurd And Pacers had just gone on a run So I think they were all pissed off Yeah Right But I think the the Heat won that And it was like Their coach literally did nothing (laughs) I don't know what he does Every other timeout But in that particular one He didn't do anything And Ella was like slapping (laughs) AQ I'm like AQ's a huge Jordan fan Right Yeah Huge I'm like bro Jordan had Phil Jackson at least drawing triangles on a dry erase board. <laughs> this motherfucker ain't doing nothing, dude. I feel like coaching in basketball is the smallest coaching job. And not when not saying the NBA. That. Yes, yes. Because college basketball is all coach, it feels like. I, college sports are all coach, I'd even say. I yeah, feel like and they love that. Yeah, right? yeah. That is, that's, and that's why coaches in college who yell at players 
work because it's all on the coaching. Yeah, it's like I can make you, and I can literally. Well, you're you're not going to get fired from school. Like you're not getting kicked out of the school. You're going to be there no matter what. True. The coach, he he has to pick up his family and leave if they don't perform. So yeah, he's going to bark and scream at you. Spolstra, the heat going around. Spolstra. Imagine. Imagine if you would have recorded that, like with your iPhone. (laughs) This would have flew. This is before we were on the yeah, internet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That would have crushed on the internet. Oh, it been so good. I was, I was very vitamined up, though. And I was just like, I didn't even think anybody else really noticed because people were just walking by because yeah. we're behind the walkway there. Mm-hmm. People were just walking by. The people behind us were like chit-chatting. Oh, this is, and I'm just like, he's nobody else. <laughs> this guy is literally holding a dry erase board as if he's writing. It was like he was an actor. I was like, this is absurd to me. It was. Jeez. It was that happens with LeBron, too, in some huddles. He'll, if... if Things aren't going well for him. He'll get down on the bench and he'll just sit there and shut up. Yeah, that's why I don't like LeBron. Well, that's what it was actually. It yeah, was one of those. It was a very saying. mad huddle, yeah. but nobody talked. Yeah. It was like it's almost like Spoelstra might have knew. Like I'm not going to talk to anybody. There's going to be a lot of yelling right now, but I have to appear as if I'm doing something. Yeah. So let me hold this marker to this board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And basketball is just. You put five guys out there, yep. you tell them to score 100 points, and if they don't, you lose, and then okay. Last night's over under was 154, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Vegas is going to be able to catch up to Duke. Duke was plus one. They were, yeah, they weren't favorites. They were, I saw they were ranked fourth. Yeah. They were I, saw they, I saw they were the four number four team. Yeah. And I almost sent out a tweet last night that was like, they're number four and Kentucky's number two. Can't wait to see what number the number three and number one team <laughs> yeah. do to this Duke team. And Kansas. Kansas almost lost to Michigan State yeah. last night. Who's number one team? Kansas. That's who Michigan State. Oh, yeah. yeah. Kansas is watching that game. Kansas goes into their college basketball season ranked number one, feeling like they're the shit, right? Yep. In practice, we're the best. Let's have a good time. We're number one. Now we got to prove it. Walking around <laughs> campus. Now we got to prove it. And then last night, they sat down and watched that Duke team, and we're like, yo. Yes. This yeah. isn't the year, boys. Yeah, they, beat, they beat number 10 seed in Michigan State by five. Yeah. Sit down in the stands to watch yeah, Duke. Oh. Well, it looks like our year we thought we were going to have is vastly different now. How about Zion not being the number one recruit that R.J. Barrett kid was? He was yeah. good, but he, he also yeah he had. But I, that's surprising as well. He's six seven from Canada. Went to high school in Florida. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So they knew he was a stud for oh, yeah, a long yeah. time. He's a lefty though. Both yeah, of them. Both of them are lefties. Good. Zion was too. They said that Barrett Jay Billis. I enjoy listening to Jay Billis yeah, by the way. It, it sounded like semi pro commentary last night, like from Jackie Moon. Yeah. Like it sounded like there was like, well, it looks like he's not too happy about that. <laughs> it was like, well, we're watching a blowout right now. Yeah. How about they have um Cam Reddish is the other guy. They have a hard knocks on Duke coming out there. Do they? Yeah, they said it was like um, twenty hours of footage, maybe oh, or ten nice. hours of footage. For sure, we're gonna watch on that. ESPN. Yeah, but that R.J. Barrett, I had no idea who he was. I don't really follow the high school basketball thing. Right. Yeah. And I, I know Zion, though. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So whenever they were like, this was the number one recruit here, this was the guy, this is like the guy. I'm like, who? The, if this is the guy, who is he? And then he did something like nasty. It was like one of the smoothest moves I've he ever seen. He had one last night where he dribbled right, then went behind, behind the back, back, fake. Like yeah. dribbled it behind his back, but then caught it basically halfway around, like right here, and then passed it back again behind the back. It was like a... Half double, half fake behind the back, and then took it to the rack. Took it to the rack. Yeah, right? two points. So they were unbeatable. They, they were oh, for sure. Okay, so let's do it. Let's do it. Alabama can beat the Bills. Yes. Can, can this Duke team? Oh, Cleveland? Can they beat Cleveland? The Cleveland Cavaliers. Cleveland who doesn't have a coach. So let's say Alabama and Duke travel to Cleveland. 
The dog pound does not do this. should happen. They don't, <laughs> but also they do. Because Alabama, when, when a team is the number one seed and goes away to the number three seed's place and wins by 29 points, there's something to say about this might be the best college team I've ever seen. And when the number four team plays against the number two team <laughs> yeah. and wins by 15, yeah. Yeah. That one, there might be a conversation to be had. There is. Yeah. That's what I was telling him this morning. I was like, college basketball's over. It's like they needed Bro, the they most were, exciting night already happened. Coach K Coach K was treating that game like it was a tournament game. Oh yeah. They were up thirty, they were pulling players out. They're, the first game of the year. Like not like let's get the rust off, let's get in the game shape. Yeah. Like, no no no. We're pulling we're yeah. resting players so they can get a standing out. Jeez. So they can get a clap. Well, I, they didn't need them to play in the end though. No. They were it was a shit show. Yeah, who's that white kid? O'Connell? O'Connell, yeah. He used to have long hair. Oh, they had their team photo, like a promo photo they put on Twitter and stuff, and he had flow. It looked great. You could tell he just cut it because the top of He's loving his life. Oh, yeah. As soon as, I saw, as soon as I saw him get in, he took the ball to the rack, got swatted, he missed the three. I was like, oh, this white guy's trying to get some playing time here. <laughs> then they brought him back out, and he did get hot. He did. Oh, yeah, he he's, he's been on the team for a while, actually. I don't know if he's a senior. But if he is, then he was on the national championship team in 2015. They yeah. always have that one kid. Grayson Wright was yep. hated yeah, by yeah, everybody. Yeah. Uh-huh. And now O'Connell will be... I think Portnoy tweeted that. He said, uh, Coach K recruits two types of guys. One, guys that can win the game. Yep. And then the other is guys that will make sure people keep hating. Yeah. <laughs> and O'Connell <laughs> is that guy. Yeah. It's like Good for him. But I don't know... O'Connell might be a cool guy. He's he might be Irish, more lovable. He's an Irish guy, guy too. Yeah, Grayson, I think, wanted to be a villain. Oh, yeah. Like he, yeah, he was a prick from. He played like wanted him. to be. He tripped people. Like yeah. he was always in the headlines for doing stupid shit. It's like, like that incognito, too. right? For all of his flaws off the field. Um, whenever we talked to him, he wanted to be a guy that wasn't liked by other teams. For you know? sure, like yeah. that's the type of teammate he was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that's how Grayson was. Grayson was like, yeah, Julian Edelman, same type of guy. Yes. Yeah. Julian Edelman, same type of guy. Does not want to be liked by the other team. I, yeah. don't, I'm not, I do not care if you like me or not. Yeah. I remember the first couple of times we played him, I would talk to every punt returner in warm-ups. Every single one I would talk to. Everyone. It, it never, ever failed. Because my opening line would be like, hey, if we get in the open field, don't run me over. Yep. That's what I would say. Yeah. Like, if we get in the open field, just don't run me over. I don't <laughs> care what you do. Just don't fucking run me. If you juke me, that's cool. Just don't run me yeah. over. They would always laugh. Full conversation would happen. And... It was like a, it was a cool thing, and then whenever the game would happen, if they would either return one or fair catch one, I would come down and I would finish the conversation. I'm like, I like that. Like yeah. when they would fair catch, I'm like, now we're working together here. Now we're working together, and there'd be a laugh. That's why I have like a good rapport with a lot of returners. Yeah. yeah. Julian Edelman, though, I before the game, it was his rookie year, I think. He was returning punts, and I was like, how about you just fucking coming out of nowhere, huh? And he just wouldn't even fucking look at me. Wouldn't even look wow. at me. I'm this far away from him. And I'm like, uh, I was supposed to go to Kent State. Would have been cool to be your teammate, man. You're a dominant human being. Like, trying to win him over. Yeah, yeah. Wouldn't even fucking look at me. I was like, oh. And I just walked away. Yeah, so I go up to Vinatieri, right? I go, Vin, I go, that guy wouldn't even fucking look at me. Wouldn't even look at me. He was like, that's wild. I was like, wild, yeah. And then he became, like, the best returner in the league all of a sudden. Out yeah. of nowhere, he became the best yeah. returner in the league. And I'm like, this fucking guy. And I run into him in L.A. during an offseason. We're like the same event. And uh, on NFL Network, the day before, I had ranked the punt returners yeah. that are most for me. Yeah. And I put Julian Edelman at number one. Like, this guy, 
He's the guy right now. I understand everybody else might have more touchdowns than him, but he's young and he's a dick. I basically say like he's an ass <laughs> and he is not scared of anything, basically. And he saw it, I guess. So the next nice. day I'm at an event and I come up to him and I'm like, uh, okay, man, what's up? And he's like, uh, what's going on? I thank you for what you said yesterday. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know that like you're the only guy that wouldn't talk to me for a game? And he was like, I, I was a little bit of an ass man. I was trying to prove myself. I'm like, oh, yeah, a little bit. And then the next time, whenever we played each other, I walked up to him. Nice. And I'm like, what's up, man? He's like, oh, fuck you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're having a Because I think he gets in like a zone. Like I think he gets oh, yeah. into like a... For sure. It's the Patriots versus everybody zone. Yeah, it's like he gets into that zone. Yeah. And for me, I don't ever. So I don't ever get into like that angry zone. It's yeah. like... I'm much better at everything whenever I'm like more loose. Yeah. So like I'm trying to come over and fuck with somebody and they're like, get the fuck out of here. And I'm like, oh, that's on me. I'm going like, yeah, yeah. yeah. to hey, my, hey, my fault. I thought we were friends. Really, we were drinking together. That's on me. Yeah, that's it. I'll get the fuck out of here. But anyways, Zion. Zion Woods, yeah. Yeah. God, I'm excited to hear what you have to say. Dude, I just had, by the way, yeah. The vitamins are making me think of this. Yeah. I just had some of those caramel uh, M&Ms. Yeah. Don't like them. Not a fan. You like them? Better than the peanut? You're much worse. Much, much worse. worse. They're worse. For There's sure. a real texture issue. Like, Because yeah, is the caramel's chewy and you've cracked, you've smashed the candy shell and it gets caught up in there. Like when you put a piece of gum in your mouth right after you had a bunch of potato chips. And it collects and it. Yes. And it traps it in there. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. fucking hate that. I do too. Why is that? Gonna, you found it with the peanut. You yeah. found it with the peanut. Perfection, right out of the gate. Now, Dig said he likes the pretzel one the other day. I, I guess we could do it, but they, it okay. seems like they try to do everything with it. You yeah, know? they're going too far. He even told me those caramel ones are going on him, so I don't trust the I uh, like pretzel them. one at all. Not as, much, not as much as the peanut, though, but I like them. They're just a little softer and just different taste. They just all right. So here's what they did. The M&M well, was already yeah, good. Yeah. Someone said someone compared them to a Whopper. But it's a better Whopper. There's Whoppers no, stink. It's nothing like, like a, a Whopper. Burger King Whopper? <laughs> no. I was about to say, that thing is legit. <laughs> Whopper, Whopper might be the best burger out there. I thought, a milk, I don't, I've never had one of them. Yeah, it's like good. a malted milk ball. Yeah. Do you remember a while ago, some place sent us just like thousands oh, yeah. of those. They were sitting underneath box. the uh, coffee thing for yeah. They come that, in like a jug, like a, yeah. Like yeah. a carton. Yeah, yeah it's like a milk carton. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've never had them, but I do remember those mm-hmm. things showing up here. The chocolate on them isn't real high quality. No, the definitely The outer shell chocolate. Not. And it's caramel one. These yeah. caramel M&Ms here? Mm-hmm. Not good, huh? No, dude. Don't How'd they end up even... here? Somebody sent them to the office. Yep. Yeah. By the way, we don't mind things being sent to the office. Not at all. We love things being sent to the office. Uh-huh. You know something I, I hate, though, that why that texture gets me? There's something about sand. Every time I'm around sand, I think it's... I was held down by my cousins like one time. Like beach sand? Yes. I get... Like, I don't mind walking in it, but I always, in my mind, I'm like, I remember when my fucking cousin held me down and made me eat sand. You know what I mean? Like, and I'll never get that out. That's what that fucking reminded me of. Sand's very that. overrated. In general, sand stinks. It sucks. Like in the golf. beach is awesome. Yeah, it sucks in golf. I have a question. You can't. Fuck how do we it? get to the sand? Like how how do we get? To yeah, sand? good question. The, that's what that texture is of that caramel M M&M. and M. Once uh, you get it in there, it's so gritty and it just reminded me of sand. And I fucking I have this thing about sand. Like when I was a cop. I would rather you come at me with a knife than a hand of sand. Like, you come at me with a hand of sand, I'm going to think you're going to put it in my mouth, I'm going to fucking kill you. Well, and also you're going to deal with it forever. Because if that thing accidentally gets in your shirt, 
Or uh, if it gets accidentally get your pants, sandy mm-hmm. crotch is a real thing. There's oh, no yeah. getting rid of sand. No, there isn't. It just goes on forever. So the caramel M&Ms remind you of sand. Yes, don't eat them. The That's consistency in them are just so... Like, uh, Snickers is awesome. The caramel and Snickers, like yes. they got that down the right way. This It's just like a hard, cold caramel center. Yes. And it's that, I don't know it why they got to fuck well. it up, you know? I don't know why they got to fuck it up. The first M&M was great. And the then they, yeah, and then they were like, well, we'll put a peanut in it. And then they got cocky. Yeah, because they we were like, like, we didn't think you could make it any better than you did. Yeah, so the, so old George over in Corner of Creative down there. <laughs> <laughs> you remember what I did with the peanut? Remember that? How we didn't think it could get any better? I got a new one, caramel. And they're like, yeah, yeah, this guy would never get it wrong. And then here we are eating sand. That's unbelievable. It's so bad. Do you guys like the almond ones? Uh, no, I, I tried it once. I, it's okay, but it just—it's so to me still so inferior to the regular peanut M M&M and M that I just—I'm like, why am I bothering with this? I agree. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like going to see like uh, a movie with. Um, uh, I'm excited for this because I'm probably going to see <laughs> like a movie. I went and saw Smallfoot the same weekend that like <laughs> like some number one movie was out. Oh, it's like like The Rock. Like it's like y'all will go to the movie theater to see a rock movie, but. I love Steve Cold or Stone Cold Steve Austin, but I'm not going to go to a movie theater for his movie. I'll right. wait for Netflix. You know what I mean? It's like so. If you go to a movie theater seeking out a Stone Cold Austin movie, think about what you're doing. But just for future reference, I would go if Stone Cold Steve Austin was to release a movie uh-huh. in 2018 or 2019, and it was in theaters nationwide. Mm-hmm. I would go first night. Probably be at the matinee if I had to guess. If Stone Cold Steve Austin, because what was he? He was on that island one. He yeah, did. the condemned. I went to that now, first night in theaters. There we go. That's what I'm talking about, Todd. <laughs> that one, yes, that is very theater where they. I forgot about it till you said that. That was a good fucking movie. I thought it, I, I remember he was running through the fucking island. Like mm-hmm. uh, he, he's, he's Stone Cold. Steve Got him out of prison. Uh, right? He kind of has disappeared in a good way. Like he shows up every once in a while. He's got that broken skull ranch. Yeah, and then he he also hosts um, hosts some other stuff, a podcast. But he's not over the top, you know. Mm-hmm. Where the Rock has become mainstream, everything he's everywhere. People yes. are thinking about him being president. Yeah, I'm assuming Michelle Obama, but <laughs> people are assuming the Rock can run for president. It's very interesting watching because those two were at the same time in WWE, watching where they have gone. Right, and who's happier? You think? I think Stone Cold might be happy. He seems yeah, happy, man. He's, Do you like that show he has? That game, that show where they Broken Skull yeah, Ranch, yeah, or Broken Skull Challenge, or something. Oh, yeah. like the actual game show. Yeah, yeah, I knew a girl that was on. They there. they fight like you know, oh that stuff. Those challenges were unbelievably. I hard. knew a girl Brutal. that was on there. Really? Uh, I guess we should. have. It was AQ's ex wife. Oh, okay. She yes. was a contestant on that. She was. I, we can leave that. We can leave that. This all can stay. All right. <laughs> AQ's newly married, has a baby. That shouldn't yeah, be a problem. Sure. Yeah, AQ's ex-wife was on it. She's like a, she was an MMA. She, I would say she has to be a badass. She, yep. And she almost drowned a girl. I guess they had like something in water where it was like a thing, and they said it was too violent. They can't put it on TV, so they had to do it again. <laughs> they had to reshoot it. But I was. That's what she said. She could be lying too, but she it was right before their wedding. She went and did it, and then at the wedding, I asked. I was like. How did that? What was Stone Cold Steve Austin like? Was he the coolest guy ever? And she was like, Yeah, he was really nice. I was like, What was the game like? She was like, Well, it was Hollywood. You know, they had a Hollywood, a little part of Hollywood. And I was like, Oh, I can't wait to hear this. And she was like, ah, I almost killed a girl, I guess. Uh, <laughs> she held her underwater. And then she said she had to redo it and she lost. So she redid it and she lost. Are you serious? Yeah, so she got out. So I think she had kind of a bitter. Yeah. I think she had they? a bitter feeling towards it. But mm-hmm. I assume that something almost terrible would happen. And CMT was like, We can't fuck it. This, this girl almost died. 
We got a girl inhaling water here in the bottom of a pit while Steve Austin laughs. We can't put this out. So it's, but I do. I've watched that before. I like the hell out of it. I guess he lives. I guess he lives out in the middle of nowhere in Texas. I see his Instagram is always just him driving ATVs and hunting with his dogs out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, exactly. Just desert. So like Brock is out in the middle of Canada, Uh and Steve Austin's out in the middle of Texas. Both happy as fuck. (laughs) Guaranteed. Brock Lesnar. You mentioned him uh-huh. the other day with the Cormier situation yep. and how he was in USADA testing and he looks smaller and stuff like that. Uh-huh. He lives out in the middle of nowhere like an actual caveman. He might be the closest thing to like what cavemen were, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think he is the closest if, thing to Yeah. Him. Like his bones structure, his his everything is the most comparable to a fucking caveman, I would say. I'd say, right? Like an oh. almost, I don't want to say pre-evolved human, but like yeah. a, a more... Um, like back, ape, ape like yeah, human. like yeah. back when bears used to look at us and go, I don't know if I want to fuck with that. You know what I mean? Like, we were different then. Uh, those things look like they could fight back. Looks like that thing could run on its hands if it had to. Like that's what it looks like. It looks like you could go and do, he could walk on all fours. I think like an animal if he yeah, had yeah. to right now, Absolutely. and it would look natural. Yeah, like his arms are no less strong as his, than his legs. You know, it's fucking yes. weird. He in in he is smaller now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it seems if he does love his life, like he gives no fucks about anybody, he, anybody, anything. He, I think he is in such a good fucking spot. You know what I mean? Like this, uh, I was reading, we talked about last episode that, you know, he's going to fight Cormier in uh, January. Yep. And uh, now I guess this deal with the WWE takes him into at least April. WrestleMania. Uh, yeah. Yeah. For oh. just those events. And yeah, that, it takes him to the next WrestleMania. Okay, yeah. and that's in April. Yeah, because right? he's the current champion right now. Mm-hmm. So the champ has to have a build yeah. for WrestleMania. So that would have to happen. So minimum April. But they said it's a multi event deal. So it could carry him into summer. Who kn- So now a lot of MMA people are like, uh, there's no way if he has to carry that schedule that now that he's going to continue and go to the, the UFC. Schedule, no, the schedule fight. for WWE, he just flies in on Mondays. He only does Monday Night Raw. And it's not every Monday Night Raw. He does like once every four weeks. He does yeah. Monday Night Raw. The big gimmick right now yeah. about Brock Lesnar in the WWE is that he doesn't show up. Mm-hmm. That's like his actual... He just has his own gig and just... He doesn't care about the WWE. <laughs> he doesn't care about the, the, the actual storyline right now with uh-huh. Brock Lesnar, and it has been for a while now, has been that Brock Lesnar is a part-timer. He doesn't care about the WWE. He's just there to collect checks. That's all it is. That is his story. So I think he could train UFC. Well, I hope these people are wrong, man, because they're hitting it hard. And they're even saying going to cause if that happens it causes jones versus cormier three so if we were thinking that brock and vince mcmahon had teamed up with ufc and dana white to promote this next ufc fight with brock and cormier Mm -hmm. this would still follow this would fall into that this this extension through wrestlemania would still follow suit with that right right because he would still be with the wwe and he'd be doing you i think and i'm nowhere near an expert which i'm sure you've read up on with experts I think he could definitely, and that's just as a person who watches WWE and Brock only shows up once a month. Right. He only mm-hmm. shows up once a month. Mm-hmm. And I, I'd assume he's training now for UFC with how small he looks. He's definitely uh, in Usada, like you said, but so, something's changed. So I'm thinking, in my head, this is without doing any research and mm-hmm. just finding out about this right now, in my head, I'm thinking 
that he is training for UFC right now, and the WWE is going to promote it. And when Roman had to go back and battle leukemia, yep. who was the champion, yep. they're like, well, this is just an easy way to do this here. And mm-hmm. I think that's what's happening. Exactly. What better way yep. to build that storyline? It's just like, what you, look at this guy. He's going out to fucking fight in the UFC. He doesn't care about the WWE. Exactly. You know? yep. And yeah. he's the WWE champion, mm-hmm. so UFC can promote that the WWE champion. And if he wins, Vince McMahon is going to have a field day promoting that. <laughs> oh, yeah. That the WWE champion just went into UFC and beat their double champion. <laughs> uh-huh. That would be a huge promotion. Yeah. It's just whether or not Brock can handle it, I guess. That's what everybody's saying. Yeah. And it, the good thing is it doesn't matter if those people are right or if what you're saying happens. Like, because Brock Lesnar's in the mix, everybody still fucking wins. They make more money if he fights John Jones. If Brock fights John Jones, they make way more money than if he fights Cormier. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Those yeah. are two big names. But so I think they have respect for each other, I think. I, I think they're both kind of heels. It's an yeah. interesting... <laughs> if yeah. we're going to think like WWE, Cormier is the right guy uh-huh. to have Brock fight because Definitely. he's the double champ and he's like a nice guy. Yeah. And the mainstream's pushing him hard. Uh-huh. They hit him on Thursday Night Football. They got him doing commentating and stuff. He's yeah. being pushed hard by people. And Brock's like the perfect... I don't want to say bad guy, but the perfect like outlier, basically. Yeah. But John Jones, Brock Lesnar, huge draw. Huge draw. And that'll happen no matter what, still, I think. But it would be... I hope this Cormier and... Cormier and um, and Brock fight happens because to me this is gonna, that would be the best heavyweight matchup I've probably seen in fifteen years. Okay. And who's favored in that? I don't know. I think I Cormier, Cormier probably would be. No, let's say wise. John Jones Brock. Who would be favorite? Oh, John, John Jones, Jones would be a massive way more the so than Cormier. over Cormier. Brock Lesnar. Yeah. yeah. See, in my head, I WWE Brock. Yeah. <laughs> he picks up 400-pound dudes. Like, it's nothing. It, oh, if he gets a hold of him, it's going to be. That's it, what you say. He has that superhero yeah. strength. But I think Jones has a much better chance of avoiding that than Cormier. Do you think Brock Lesnar, possibly, because let's say the WWE is also promoting this, uh-huh. so any promotion is good promotion. He does the, I'm going to drink Miller Lite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna drink Miller Lite because yeah. Bud Light isn't paying me enough for gig. You think he goes into full promo mode afterwards? I agree. Because his last performance at UFC showed up, pushed Cormier, uh-huh. the whole thing. It was a promo without mm-hmm. Paul Heyman. Yep. Mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar was talking without Paul Heyman. Yep. Do you think they'll continue to promote it, or Dana White will want him to? I wonder what's going to happen there. I guarantee it, dude. I, I, they must just sit around and just come up with ways to get Brock drama back interest because he he's the highest draw. Outside of McGregor, and probably that's only because he hasn't been here since 2010. If he would have continued on, he his numbers for pay per view and UFC would way outnumber. And that's a hundred percent because of the WWE. Yes, yeah. one thousand. Oh, yeah. Not even. Not even. A, that's one thousand percent because yes. of WWE. And the WWE is a bunch of like circus acts, right? Like you have the bearded lady, you have the monster, you have the this, you have mm-hmm. the barbarian. That's who Brock is. Yeah, he's the barbarian fighting against me. You got good versus evil, uh, myth versus legend you have all these things happening in wwe and brock lesnar in himself isn't isn't a character he, he is he's a character he's barbarian he's yes. the barbarian of the group he's the alpha of the wwe uh-huh. and, and it takes very little acting it's, he's, he's a <laughs> he just is that just be you yeah. he doesn't have to talk paul it's Hayden. like andre the giant back in the day just pretend you're a giant okay i am a giant yeah <laughs> 
Exactly. Yeah. Just show up. Yeah. Just show up and just do whatever you got to do. Look angry. Get pissed off. Uh-huh. Andre the Giant changed the game because he was that side show. That's yes. what he. Come see this world's tallest man who's an athlete. Right. Uh-huh. Come see this superhuman um, Italian blonde. <laughs> Hulk Hogan, <laughs> yeah. who is super strong, drink all your vitamins. You can be like, it's just like a, uh-huh. it's like, I don't want to, they're draws in themselves. Come yes. see this guy who has more energy than anybody else, Ultimate Warrior. Come see, uh-huh. it's just like, it, you, you, it's all draws. And Brock Lesnar being the barbarian has worked very well in the WWE for a long time. And you team him up with the best talker probably in the WWE. Maybe, yeah, The Rock was really good. But Paul Heyman, is one of the best talkers to ever step onto a microphone. Uh-huh. So it's a perfect ta- it's a perfect team there. But whenever you have years and years of dominance, it's like the WWE people have grew a respect like for Brock Lesnar. Anytime Brock Lesnar's music hits, even if they're supposed to hate him, as soon as that fucking sound hits, the whole place just stands up. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like this is this yeah. is the guy, you know? <laughs> so it makes sense that when he goes into UFC, everybody at WWE, all the fans are like, Oh, I want to go see his ass in yes. like a real cage over there. It's so much he and the WWE have to teach those guys because Oh my god. You know, certain people are just born attractions right yeah. with their personality it's all these people say, yeah yes and then you couple that with the fact that these guys are like you that know you know i mean not every nfl hardly any none nfl players can do what you do agreed like it's like that with these athletes on the other side of the house it's yeah. like and now here you got this guy like brock lester being a freak in and of himself wouldn't be what he is now. He Him also having has the attitude, yes. knowing that he is the guy. Yeah, he is knowing how to pump people up and get yeah. them to follow what he's doing. You yeah. know, the story. Yes. Tell the story. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like Khabib, great fighter, nowhere near the promoter <laughs> no. that no. McGregor was. No, nowhere. Near. No, like the promotion is a talent in of itself, though. In the business of um, anything. The promotion yeah. is a talent in of itself, if you can do it or not. But how anybody attaches himself emotionally to Khabib, you know, like to root for him just because There's you no think way. he's fucking no awesome. Way. He has no personality. Him but, hopping in the crowd, not bad promotion. Yeah. yeah. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he. Maybe that is his promotion. Right. Maybe like the night before the fight, they were like, uh, you know, you're, you're not. You're doing no promotion for this thing. Nobody even knows you exist. Everybody thinks this is just a McGregor fight. And he goes, "Oh, I win, I jump in crowd." <laughs> <laughs> that will blow up internet. <laughs> and then it did. It did. And then it did. Yeah. And it was like, oh, maybe you're right. <laughs> but nobody knows Khabib. He's gone, right? Khabib. Right. They yeah. announced a fight. If they were to put Khabib on an undercard, nobody uh-huh. would be. Yeah, nobody no. would be like, "Oh no, don't do that." Well, yeah, and that's that's why it took him so long to get a title shot. He's like twenty six and zero, but he was always fighting like the first fight on the card or stuff like mm-hmm. that, just because he's a he's boring and yeah. b he but has boy, no personality. Boy, what a fight! He drained Connor. Oh yeah, <laughs> it was like boy. a python yeah. or whatever those things are. Uh, the boa are constrictor. Boa. Yeah. It was like one of those. It was just suffering. It was just it, it was suffocating. Yes. Uh, it was, was painful to watch. It was. Like, oh, it was just like, ah, oh, dude, you got no shot. <laughs> you look so miserable right oh, now. Oh, dude, you just got dragged into the goddamn river again by the Amazon. <laughs> but, if, but if he were to get kidnapped tomorrow, disappeared off face of the earth forever, no one that follows the UFC would be like, you know, we haven't seen Khabib in a few years. You would just forget about it. You just forget about it. Yeah. That's Brock right, Lesnar, though, has maintained the, we would like to see him back in the UFC. Mm-hmm. Who did he lose to? Or he, who did he beat to hell out He beat Mark Hunt. Mark when he Hunt. came back after a four-year layoff, and Mark Hunt then in 2010, no chump, nobody to be in a huge knockout power, good wrestling. So I think that's a good sign. 
Brock Lesnar, man. <laughs> he's just a Think beast. about him up in a barn in Canada in the middle of nowhere, <laughs> just rolling around on the floor with like three other barbarians. <laughs> oh. Just a bunch of vanilla gorillas in there yeah. just beating the hell out of each other. I mean, when you're at the height, uh, the level he was at what he was already doing, what drives you to go to an organization that was going to pay him like a 20th of what his yearly salary was no clue. to go. He's just, he's an animal. I, I honestly believe that the WWE and UFC are together on this promotion. And I think him signing through WrestleMania is only yeah. even more part of it. I agree. Vince McMahon is finding a way to profit off of the hype that he created. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Which is what Brock Lesnar, I assume the last time Brock went to UFC, I, there was probably a pissed off Vince McMahon, I assume. It's, uh, not pissed off, but I assume there's yeah. some people in WWE that are like, yo, they are literally just ma- doing this because of what he is in WWE. Right. And then Vince, being a businessman, probably was like, ah, next time we'll just get into it. Yeah. And that's probably what happened uh, here. I if think I so. had to guess. I think so. Because this is with zero inside information. I d- nobody would tell me. When I was in the NFL, I was a punter. Nobody told me anything. Now I work for WWE. I am on the NXT pre-show. That is literally the bottom of the totem pole. Nobody would tell me anything, but in my head, Vince is going to help out the UFC a lot here. In I think so. And already worth his investment, I think, just for Ronda Rousey. You know what I mean? Yep. For getting that relationship with mm-hmm. the timing he did. He yeah. didn't get her after she was forgotten and she didn't have heat anymore, right. you know, yeah. like what's happened traditionally back, you know. Do you think fighters. Vince uh, shows up to the fight? Yes. No. Yes. Oh, I don't know. Him in the front row would be awesome. <laughs> He'd be electric. He'd be so cool. Him, Triple H, Stephanie, the whole squad. Oh, yeah. Just oh, lined up in the... Oh, they buy, just like uh, with 50 Cent did with Ja Rules, they buy all the front tickets. They got like every wrestler just sitting in the front row. This is all right. Yeah, our champ's fighting your champ. Let's see what happens. Jeez. Uh, it's, be it'd awesome. be good for the WWE though Great. if mm-hmm. Brock Lesnar is the WWE champ and the heavyweight UFC champ. He's literally the most dominant human on earth. Then. Yeah, and it's it's great. It's just great for everybody. You know, the fact that he walked this earth. That's what he was put on this earth to do was to fucking make save the UFC. Every now and then, somebody's got to be born to and to save the UFC. Give it a little bump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, we were almost gone. Dana White, boom. Now, Brock. kind of falling off again. Yeah, yeah. Brock Lesnar's back. Yep, there we go. Guess who's back? <laughs> back again. How much do you think they buried him? He's probably getting a percentage, I assume. Yeah, yeah. on the pay per view, probably. Probably like, just getting a percentage of it. Yeah. I bet he still makes like three million bucks just for showing up. So it's probably a yeah. $5 million salary, I assume. Mm-hmm. And then a percentage on the pay per views and oh, probably guess. house tickets, too. You think he gets a percentage of that? Probably. Yeah. I wonder. He's, I guarantee it's the sweetest deal anybody's ever got. Also, I'd like beer, too. I would like, <laughs> I like a percentage of beer sales. Forever. For yeah. Forever, I want beer at my house. Too. Yeah. <laughs> You know, he always, he's been, he has pumped Jimmy John's for a long time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about this the other day. I've never seen him in Jimmy John's commercial. I've never seen Jimmy John's promote Brock Lesnar. I've only seen Brock Lesnar promote Jimmy John's. Jimmy John's needs to get their fucking shit together before that barbarian. <laughs> right. <laughs> they never promote him. He always has Jimmy John's on his shorts. He always and on any of his stuff. If he did all their commercials. So you know, much my, better. Oh, my God. Forget Freaky about other, other hoagie places. You're done. Well, maybe maybe if Jimmy John's could uh, maybe buy up Quiznos toasters. Oh, and get that formula? Yeah. Jimmy uh, John's, buy Quiznos toasters so we can really just do this. Thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were talking about Quiznos and the, their uh, social media account from the loan 
the last standing store in Indiana uh, replied to it. Really? Yeah, it's in nice. Plainfield, Indiana. We got to go. Oh, yeah, I know. Seriously. We I have was to like, go. I thought you were gone. You got one store. I'm on my keto diet pretty heavy right now because I'm in Los Angeles next week. Mm-hmm. No big deal. No big deal. Uh, How are you looking forward to this or what? I got a good costume. I know that. Oh, yeah. I got a good costume. Very good. I feel very good about what I'm wearing. Nice. So good. That's I'm halfway there. I mean, that's if I feel like I'm, I'm going to look solid. <laughs> We've been searching for a barber, though. I need a I need a barber because <clears throat> I'm literally in this office for like 12, 13 hours a day. Uh-huh. Yeah. And there's no time to go do anything. And then I we so I'm trying to pay a barber to come to the office biweekly biweekly. Yeah. Two times a month biweekly. Yeah. By the way, it's weird that that's biweekly. It is because that should be bi-monthly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, think biweekly. I'm like, you're going to hit me two twice times a week. week. Yeah. Right. But I think he's actually, but bi-weekly is the way to say it. Sure. Because that's like. You're right, though. It doesn't make sense to me right now. As soon as you said it. Yeah. "Mm." It doesn't, right? Yeah. So two times a month. Yeah. We're looking for somebody to come in and cut the hair and willing to pay. Willing to pay for sure. Absolutely. But uh, some of these barbers are wild. What the fuck? (laughs) I've gotten a lot of DMs from a lot of barbers. One guy told Foxy that if he wants to, I know every barber in the city, if you want a good cut, you're going to have to pay. (laughs) Well, like a hundred bucks, Foxy's like, "What the fuck are you talking?" A hundred ahead, a hundred ahead, hundred ahead, hundred yeah. ahead for a haircut. Yeah, bro, are you Bob Ross, bro? What are you gonna do up there? Just give me a fade and get the mm, fuck on with it. That's like the construction guy's quote that changes as soon as he pulls into the driveway of a fucking mansion. Oh you know? my god! And the, twice as much. The expensive ones always take forever. It's like, okay, this guy just spent a hundred dollars, so now I need to take a full hour oh. and ruin his day. <laughs> We sound like so, this is such a first world problem. But it really, really is. We work too goddamn hard to go get haircuts, so we're trying to pay somebody to come in and cut our hair. Yeah. And instead, what do we have to do? We have to deal with somebody telling us they're going to pay a hundred dollars for my fucking haircut. That's asinine. A hostage. A hundred, and then that's not including a tip. No, I'm right. right. They're expecting so a tip. You're talking hundred twenty, hundred twenty-five bucks. I'll slip my own throat before I pay a hundred dollars <laughs> for a haircut. What did the one guy? The one guy was charging forty-five, and you walk yeah. in. He said 45 bucks and turned around and walked. Yeah. <laughs> not going to do it. And these are guys that post every single haircut they do on their social media. And it's like, we we are an internet company. <laughs> right. we, could, we have a presence there. We can, maybe we negotiate. Maybe uh, yeah. maybe we can negotiate here. No, 100 ahead if you want the best cut in the city. It's like, what, what? what? I don't want. Maybe I don't want the best. I just want a cut. I, I respect want, the art, right? I respect the it's art. It's hard. It's hard. If everybody could do it, we would have somebody in the office that could do it. Absolutely. Yeah. So we respect the art. That's a yeah. lot of money. But $100 a head. Bro, 100 bucks. The guy with a straight face. He didn't have any like laughy face emojis. No, no, no. No, it was a straight face yeah, he said that. that with a period. Good. With one period he yeah. said that. That's unbelievable. Who else are you charging 100 bucks to? Nobody. No way. You yeah. should just give him the stipulation be like, all right, but then if I don't like it, I get to ruin your career. I get to literally end your, your <laughs> no, career as a barber. See, I hate that. I, I, that's something I do. Oh, I'm sound like such a douchebag. <laughs> That's something I miss about being smaller on the internet. Mm-hmm. I very much miss being able to tell people how I yeah, feel about yeah. them. Now it's accused of weaponizing your followers right. and bullying and blah, blah, well, blah. Well, and you're a small business owner. Just not a good look. Yeah, but when I had like 10,000 followers and I got some <laughs> shitty service, man, I very much loved doing a Yelp review right there in 140 characters. <laughs> I did. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun because they didn't know who I was. I right. was basic white guy coming into things. And if I got treated like shit, it, it, just like, oh, uh, this place is not great. 
You know, that's all it would take. And then all of a sudden, my smart ass followers, 10,000, would be like, they would at the company and then tell them, like, y'all motherfuckers fucked up. And then, I'm, and then I'm getting like emails to the Colts facility. I'm getting like letters to the Colts facility from restaurants. I'm like, God damn it, I can't do it anymore. Those days were over. Used to be able to do that. Now I can't do it. Uh, now that place would get fucking just. Oh, yeah. People would pick it. They would set up camp be, around it. Uh, I appreciate my followers. They're really good people. But I've I've had to get smarter about what I put up there because it's very much an us versus the world feeling. It uh, is. It is very much us versus the world, which I appreciate very much. So if I say anything just negative about yeah. something, man, they get them. I got into it with the Indy Star. The Indy Star called me a sexist because mm-hmm. I questioned um, – Connor Daly's manhood whenever he decided uh-huh. to become a vegan. Yep. Yep. They said that I was uh, assigning a gender to a diet, which is sexist. The yeah. Indy Star said that. I remember. So I quote tweeted it and just said, ha, 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 <laughs> ha, ha, ha. That's all I said because it literally made me laugh. It literally made me laugh. I was laughing so hard. My followers said some things to the person that wrote that that were very negative. <laughs> very, very negative. Somebody told her... Told her to go play in traffic. It was like, oh, yeah. so so then I get I get accosted right. for weaponizing my followers from saying ha 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 to a quote tweet. Right. And it's like it was at that moment where I was like, I did not expect somebody to be that over the top to this. Mm-hmm. But maybe when you're writing about probably like the the fourth or fifth highest philanthropist of the city like maybe it's something to think about (laughs) as opposed you know what i mean no that's so true because you want it like even me sitting here right now i'm like how the fucking people deserve it i know what would happen if you if you like had to fire back at somebody like they might as well just fucking unplug themselves for the rest of their life it is a kid had to delete his account (laughs) i had a kid had to delete his account because at the pro bowl at the pro bowl i said if because this is when deflate gate was happening Uh uh-huh Something happened to Flakegate. I was at the Pro Bowl drunk on strawberry marks. Nice. And I put a tweet out that was like, if New England gets disqualified, I think we are technically in the Super Bowl. I should probably lay off these strawberry marks. <laughs> right. right. I sent that out. So then some kid from New England sent me a tweet that was like, uh, what I tell you something, you fucking punter? Like, he's, he basically threatened. He said he was going to fight me, right? So I did a little research on him, right? I clicked on him. I'm like, all right, here we go. Let's I mean, this doesn't always happen. I get a chance. <laughs> this is like a heckler. Here. I get a chance. <laughs> so I go to the room. He plays, he played college football at some D3 school, and he was, he was mocking that I was a punter. Oh. So I just simply responded to him that if I was to attend his school, the program would read Pat McAfee, P slash QB slash OL slash TN slash S slash RB slash your coach probably. So like it was like very, very relaxed. It wasn't even That's not even bad. I didn't even go hard at it. Right. I, I was just basically. And it was funny. It was done well done. And yeah. I think I called him a, like he he had his highlight Real and he ran like a four nine forty or something like that. So I ended it with like, so take your four nine forty sloth ass and get the <laughs> fuck out of my mentions or something like that. That kid got accosted 
so hard. <laughs> he deleted his Twitter. I felt so bad. I felt so bad. I was like, that wasn't even that good of one. But boy, people were really feeling it because the flake gate was a big thing. So it got it. The kid deleted his Twitter. I was like, oh man, slippery slope. But sometimes I feel slow. like they deserve. Like it's what he gets. They would deserve that. That like some people. Sometimes you only get one shot. You know, second chances sure. aren't a real thing all the time. <laughs> like doctors sometimes don't get second chances. You know what I mean? Like you've got to nail what? it. Why you choose to fuck it up? Well, you see, social media isn't really social. Social media anymore it's just um it's a one-way street with most things because mm-hmm. uh-huh. somebody yeah. could say something to me not it doesn't happen that often anymore actually it's pretty cool i thought it would get a lot worse as i got bigger but it seems as if it's kind of smaller but no like people cheer, uh, chirping or whatever it mm-hmm. used to be so much fun to joust with those people mm-hmm. so much fun because as a punter you don't get to talk shit much right but on Twitter, the basic <laughs> motherfucker. Let's I mean, go. I got, I got, I got nothing but time here. I can scroll through your photos to see you were a fifth wheel two years ago. I got nothing but time. I'm sitting in a hotel. There's a game tomorrow, but I got no film to watch, and I'm just laid up. I can scroll all the way through all of your tweets and learn about your ex girlfriend, and yeah. I can post a picture of her in my response to you. I used to be a savage on there, savage. See, but that's what I don't get is like when someone tweets at you. I mean, maybe the the predominant thought now is just like, well, he's never going to see it. But part of it is like you, I want him to see this. Exactly. Like I want him. Yeah, you're to trolling. Re- yeah, exactly. You're I want trolling. him to respond to what I'm saying. So if you can't yeah. take. The heat from your original, yeah, you know, it's I, like there's no way they expect. No, definitely they, not. They, they there's fathom, no way they yeah, expect the twenty thousand people just no. to be like, oh, we're going. Yep, definitely <laughs> it's not. This fucking guy, he runs a four nine. Look at this fucking bum. There was people pulling up pictures from his high school, like him in high school. It was tough. It was. Tough. I was watching it. I didn't delete it, but it was right there. It was very funny. But that's also the difference between tweeting at someone like you and tweeting, you know, like just some guy who has a take on something who has 140 followers. It's like, well, you know, I mean, uh-huh. you're, you, that, that kind of shit's going to happen if you're doing that. I yeah. kind of enjoy it because it does tear down that anonymity that they all try to hide behind. Exactly. You know, it's not, you're not anonymous anymore when you can't get on your account anymore without people fucking terrorizing you. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I used to love it. Now let's just say we're having a good time here. Everybody's, <laughs> everybody's happy. Everybody's good. We're having a good time here. Now you'll like air it out. You'll like tell us it. I got to go after this person. And then you'll say what you want to say. And then you'll be like, all right, no, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, I'm not I get it do all it. out. You'll I get do it some all. curls, yeah. shoot a few yeah. baskets. All right, I'm not going to do it. And, uh, yeah, man, it's, it's tough sometimes. Oh, there's, some, yeah. there's some people on Twitter that have too much false confidence. Sure. They yeah. should not be tweeting the things that they are <laughs> tweeting. <laughs> and uh, there, somebody has to tell them at some point. And I always want to be that guy, uh-huh. but I can't anymore. Yeah. Can't anymore because there's too many followers now. I can't weaponize my followers <laughs> to attack douchery and evil off of Twitter. I can't do it because it's against the rules. Which you moral need, rules? You need like a a, a, a burner account, a burner account that has like eight thousand, ten thousand people on it or something. I, I, I used to I used to have another account called. Um, Sensei They. Oh, that's a good name. Yeah. Wait, what was it called? Fuck. Sensei They, maybe? Uh-huh. And it was like, like they it. say, and it would be uh-huh. they say things. Mm-hmm. And I, <laughs> I was very high when I was doing it. And I, it became like, it became, everybody knew. Because as soon as I would tweet from there, I'd retweet it from Pat Magazine. <laughs> <laughs> 
and it had one follower when it started. It was me, you know. It was just it was bad. Everybody knew it was there, and I I deleted it because I was like. I was like, man, I don't want to send a tweet out from this one. It's supposed to be this. But there's people that have like full on burners. Oh, yeah. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant getting caught with burners was absurd to me. I'm like, I didn't even think about people doing that. And then you hear about like the 76ers GM doing yeah. it to yep. Joe. He had, a, he had a burner to talk shit on his players. Yep. The internet's a wild place. It's so wild. Wild. Yeah. And I love that he wasn't any better at using a burner account than you were like he was pretty obvious like we were like yeah, come on dude Who, kevin durant yeah. or the yeah. gm the gm when they went back and looked at it oh, like, the burner account is a crazy like who runs zito thoughts it's a good question i want to know somebody like, in bad. his office i don't i don't think it is you don't think it's somebody in this office no i don't think it is i assumed it was that's why i the other day i was like uh yeah whoever that is better step up their fucking i thought because i thought it was one of you guys because i think if it was someone from this office then some of the th- stuff that he would say like when we're not on air would slip through the cracks and get in there and be like oh that's too good i gotta I throw that up maybe it's zito's friend though maybe it's Could a be. friend oh, of zito yeah he said he had a long weekend or she said she had a long weekend oh you know what i heard uh one of the tweets was from his quote from the twitch stream so it's got to be Someone that watches the Twitch consistently. Okay, so there's as like well. 25 people. <laughs> we're, we're narrowing it down. So this is like, guess who? Or like, does it have a mustache? <laughs> That's what just happened right there. That just happened. That's hilarious. Frank Morado has joined me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What's going on, Frank? Happy to be here. What's um what's been going on in your blog world? Pretty good, pretty good blogging. Uh, Do you feel like you're really in your groove there blogging? No, I, I'm getting better at it, though. Did it's you a, expect to be a good blogger, or do you think you would suck at blogging? I thought I would be better at blogging than on a microphone. So you were pretty confident blogging? I think so. Like, when we were in school and we had to write papers or type papers, were you good or bad at that? I think I, I would consider myself a good essay writer. So that's what a blog is, right? Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much what it is? Mm-hmm. So you felt good coming in? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and you've yeah. really hit a sweet spot there. Have you uh, have you got any like mental blocks or anything like that? Um, not really. I just try and think of shit I want to express. Do I hate this? Do I love it? Is this interesting? Is it boring? Is it terrible? Is it good? A lot of self reflection in there, huh? <laughs> a couple little clickbaity type titles, you know, get people in there, trap them. I uh, I put a clickbait title up the other day. You have to. Triple H's breast. <laughs> I think I'm an elite captioner. I think I'm an elite headline giver. I made a tragic flaw in a blog game. What's that? Fake news. That happens. Which Ooh. one was it? Baltimore potentially legalizing murder. <laughs> if it wasn't Baltimore, I think I don't fall for it. it. That's very believable. You know what I mean? I think Baltimore. When I was at Baltimore one time for a game. It was around Christmas. The mayor was getting indicted on stealing gift cards that were donated for <laughs> families. So I'm just in my head. I think Baltimore, I'm like, there's a chance that Baltimore would be the first city to be like, yep, to the perch. I mean, you got the wire. You got all the old mm-hmm. tired Ray Lewis jokes. It's all there. All there. So I went ahead and blocked it. Got good action, too. It was hot there for a little bit. Got like 40 retweets with the quickness. And I was, I got a text from, I said to Ty, I said, Ty, did you read this? He said, there's no way this is real. I was like, no, there's no way. (laughs) There's no way. I did a little bit more research. Turns out the city of Baltimore is not actually the city of Baltimore's uh, Facebook account. Baltimore should get on that. There's an account with 26,000 followers tweeting out 
they're the onion for the city of Boston. Yes. <laughs> you would have never expected, but I got I got had by him. Uh, it's like an Adam Adam uh, Sheffmer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Gets, get me. The, the, Mort Anderson, too. Mort was, ever, Mort was struggling there for a while. With like, a, like good old Barry McCockner. Yep. Barry McCockner. I don't know who that is, but yeah. He's a he's a big time troll. He changes his Twitter avi and profile, and he's very good at it. I just followed him, actually. Iver says it awesome. He, yeah. He hits everybody. He does NFL insiders. He does Woj. He hits them all. It's awesome, huh? Yeah. That's a good little gimmick to have on the internet. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, what's your gimmick on the blog? Hockey? I saw too much I, hockey. A lot of, a lot of hockey. We're trying to move the needle. In this blog. Ty, you're the editor of this thing. You're just letting this guy just blog about things that nobody cares about. I mean, if you're gonna give me full control to you know take blogs down, then that's that's another, what another if, discussion. What if there's a full on process to get the blog? I has to go through Ty, then it has to go through me, then it has to go through Tim McAfee. Then has to- <laughs> <laughs> I still feel good about my chances. I mean, have you seen half the shit Connor's blogged? <laughs> I haven't actually. I have not watched a single thing. That, I have not read a single thing that Connor has blogged until the other day. He told me he's an NBA blogger. Yeah. Now, I have yeah. a, a guy from Boston who's an NBA, a white guy from Boston who never played basketball as an NBA blogger. Now. I'm pretty sure those picks he said on your show, I think he was 0-3. <laughs> he was. Yeah. Well, he said he's batting 50-50 right now because he picked up three other bets that nobody knew about. <laughs> mm. Of course. Of course. course. No, but I haven't read a lot of his. I read a couple of yours, though. You got good stuff in there. Thanks, man. Real thinkers. In fairness, there was a lot going on in the hockey world the True. past couple days. Mm-hmm. Hockey's starting to stir up some drama. That Uber driver You thing. never see stuff like that. No, that Uber driver thing was crazy. That, what, did, what did you think of that? I, I, I just don't. I, it's You can't trust it. You literally can't. You said it in the blog, and I am a very paranoid person. I think that is something... Uh, Probably not a lot of people know. I think that would be uh, uh, some. I'm a very paranoid person. You don't see me really do much. I would in, just say you're on guard at all when, times. Yes, yeah. I've worked very hard to get because you've seen a lot of shit. Well, I've worked very hard to get here, and I've seen a lot of people just get absolutely ruined for very dumb things. People taking advantage of. Yes, and I'm like, uh, let's just stay away from that. That's why I don't do the financial advisor thing. I don't do that. I don't talk to a lot of people I don't know. I mean, I'll talk to people with small talk. Let's have a conversation. Let's go. But there ain't no real conversations happening with people I don't know anymore because you can't do it. You just can't do it. And this is kind of what happened with those hockey guys. That Uber guy was definitely stirring the pot, too. He was trying to get them to open up. Big-time scumbag move. Their first mistake was legitimately telling them who they were. Yeah, we play for the Ottawa Senators. Yeah, that makes me question them too doing? by the way that, so that makes me question them too that's like the do you know who i am when you get arrested yeah. mm-hmm. so i want to ask you this that's an interesting thing because you're very big on pr perception and analyzing things like that yeah the way they handled it in the aftermath they had a couple players go up and address the press afterwards but when it was none of the players that were involved in the incident hey they put out a joint statement on the player's behalf that's even from worse the team that's even worse it's all getting worse it's all getting worse then they played the game and they dummied some team they won the seven to three had a big night. Good coaching. And then finally, a couple of guys answered questions afterwards in the locker room. Yeah, I think the guys just have to go up there and talk. Yeah, we were drunk, and we were talking shit on our coach. This is a very standard situation. This is peewee football. This is peewee hockey, high school hockey. At some point, the coach is going to get shit talked by their, his players. And as long as the players respond to him, who cares? I think that's a that – would. I think it, in, the, in the face of any adversity, you'd go – yeah, 
when faced with any adversity, you go head first right at it. You go, I think you have to own it and keep it moving. And I'm only saying that because I think it shows like a human side to people as opposed to a robot side of people. Like whenever you're, I don't know what they said. I assume it was some written prepared statement yep. or whatever. You don't look like a human there. But if you were to go up there and say, yeah, I shit talk to coach. Well, I don't really, we didn't get along. I mean, we have, but I still respect them. This was just a joking situation. I think people respect it more than saying, oh, we did not know we were being recorded, obviously. And it's a private conversation. I assume they said. I didn't read Pretty it. much, yeah. I mean, that was just, uh, we didn't know we were being recorded. And it, like, you, you kind of, you said it. It just, when you assume that you're being recorded at all times. Yes. I do, by the way. Anytime I'm anytime I'm in Indiana, I just assume somebody has a camera on me, mm-hmm. and it's it's only because I. It's cool. It's very cool that people know me, but people won't say hi to me, but they'll tweet a picture of me, yep. <laughs> and it's very interesting. It's like, oh, I'm being watched right now. Like I didn't know that guy was there that took a picture of me from right next to me and then tweeted it to me. Oh, didn't want to interrupt you, but and they just, I'm like, oh. I, that kind of makes me think, oh, you're just watching me. It's My mom used to track where I was just by following my mentions. Just like, oh, just saw Pat walking through the Circle <laughs> Center Mall. Just saw Pat walking downtown. Just saw this. And my mom would be like, oh, okay. And then I'd show up late to something. I'd be like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, oh, really? You aren't you just at Circle Center fucking mall? I'm like, oh, well, how did you know that? You're like, oh, well, fucking at J.R. Rice. Just saw you down there. Didn't want to interrupt you. I'm like, yeah. And that was when everything started changing for me. I will say that. And I mean, that's kind of society in a nutshell right now. There's no privacy really uh, anymore. You do something stupid, you're going to end up, uh, if it's recorded, you're going to end up on someone's meme account. Yep. Being made a fool of. What yep. are you going to do? Richard Sherman, first day of training camp, gets cooked. Can't even practice anymore. <laughs> He's viral on the internet for getting absolutely demolished. Yep. And, and now they show highlights. The checkdown shows highlights of guys just getting beat. They're like, oh, don't play with what's his face. Uh, but they don't. They fail to recognize that there's somebody on the other side of that. <laughs> and like maybe in the game, it just gets kind of glossed over. Now it's like if you get embarrassed, it's out there. It is though the internet can't wait for it. And it's, uh, I think you just got to be woke. I think you just got to be woke and just know that it's going to happen to you, though. Like at some point, you're going to get caught. Like we all agree it shouldn't. That conversation shouldn't have been recorded. It was a scumbag move, but it was. So what are you going to do in the aftermath of it? How do you face that moving forward? You have to be prepared for that moving forward. They just won a bunch. more and more common. They won a game, I guess. Yeah. That's pretty awesome. But no, you just can't talk around people you don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that's kind of rules number one through ten, by the way, if yeah. you're doing anything of importance. You can't talk around people you don't know. Just like hey, all these, I watch Dateline, you know, all these murderers, they get caught because they tell people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You just got to do it with everything in your life now. Just can't tell anybody anything that you don't know. This is, we had a conversation a few weeks back. You asked if we talked to Uber drivers. This is why I don't. You don't talk to Uber drivers? No. Get in the back seat. Small hey. talk, bro. You just have small if talk. If they start off and they're asking interesting shit, I will engage. But I'm not going to be the one like, hey, how's your, how's your day going? How's your drive going? Good question for the next Uber driver. So you can just have a conversation with them. Did you think Joe Donnelly had a chance? <laughs> that could be your question. To Literally you. my worst nightmare. Couldn't care less what they think or what they have to say. Bro, isn't there... There's a new thing on Uber that tells you if they what they want to talk about. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> is there a no option? Just, just I think there thing. is. I think there is. I think you can tell them that you don't want Perfect. to talk. There I think is. it is. But there is a thing like subjects to ask about. I think I saw oh. in my life. I was just dying laughing. Great with art conversations. Oh, uh, history. This one guy was history. Uh, so I, wanted, I obviously went in. I asked about Noah. That's a history. 
<laughs> Tell me about fuck. What do you know about Noah, cuz? How deep in the history books do you go? Do you know about the first ever recorded blackout? I'd like to hear about it. See, I guess that's the trick is the small talk where you avoid personal topics and you're just talking about the Zito talk. Yeah, yeah, that's that's literally life in general. Yeah, that's life in general. That's just, why I hate it. <laughs> we send Zito to the front every single time and he loves it. Oh, absolutely. I like it. I'm I get intrigued by that stuff too. Oh yeah, for sure. I very much enjoy it. It's uh, I love watching someone else do it. I just don't want to be involved in it. I want to observe. And so what are you going to do? You're going to do hockey talk? Right now? Yeah, just hockey talk. What else? You do tech stuff? I assume there's some tech stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. In terms of blogging, uh, yeah, I'm going to do a, a little bit of everything, I think. I, I want to do some football stuff, too, but I don't want to cuck digs. Uh, I did a movie thing today. That I didn't is something cuck that happens, huh? I guess. Everybody has their own like little... Uh... Yeah, kind of. That's what I mean, That that's just how... You don't want it to get watered down with everyone writing about the same shit. Well, it's like you never know what you're going to have an opinion on that day either, right? You come in, you see what's going on in the world, and you're, you're like, oh, okay. I, I have something to say here. I have here. an opinion on a CBD shop we went to today. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Bro, CBD is legal in Indiana. Mm-hmm. Awesome news. And I knew it as oil. I didn't know it was nugs. I, I had no idea. We had dry no, herb. This guy, it's flour, he calls it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We bought CBD flour over there that smells exactly like weed. Smokes exactly like a bonfire and does absolutely nothing to you. <laughs> Just made, made me tired. It. <laughs> it, it, it doesn't. But he has a lot of CBD over there, relaxing bears. He has. I'm a big CBD guy for my joints, so I was excited for this this store that's right by us. Go to check out. Five hundred and seventy two dollars <laughs> later, I was like, "What? what that we? was absurd. Absurd. Absurd." Had to pay for it though. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yes. You don't really have an issue with dropping a few hundos, but the guy said five hundred and seventy-two dollars, and there was a full there was a full conversation that started amongst the group. It was me, Diggs, who else was over there? Ty, uh, you, and, Connor, yeah, and Connor. Connor. And as soon as the guy said that, me and Diggs were like, "What?" I thought he was joking we, because there's no price tags on anything, so it was like. You get up there, it was like show and tell almost, like oh, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, that's one hundred and seventy-five dollars. What? What? Was there a heads up anywhere that I missed? No, no, that's natural flour that we grew in the backyard. No THC, only CBD. It's like, whoa. I understand this is a new business, but maybe have return customers. I will <laughs> never. I will never go back there again. They're very nice. I assume their product is very good. But there's no way I expected to pay $572. No. No. No, my knees, a gas station. My knees better be fully replaced by this stuff. <laughs> yeah, at the gas station, it's like fifteen bucks. I don't know if he knows he's competing against that. Like you're not the only. He, I think he thought he was the only store in town. Mm-hmm. He was like, "Oh, I'm kind of the first trying to trouble." I'm like, "No, no, no." There's a head shop that's, that sells some CBD over in Broad Ripple. This gas station right back here that has a. Uh, like glass in front of the window, so you know it's in a good area. Oh, yeah. Like that, that place, that sells CBD. Well, that's like when I, towards the end of my years in Pittsburgh, when we were leaving, vape shops started popping up everywhere. And I'm assuming it's like that in most cities. But I don't understand how that's a sustainable model when they're selling that shit at gas stations anyways. It has too. to be a front, right? That's just a fr- literally a front. Come in the back to get to real There stuff. were so many. So, so many. many in Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're all fronts. I assume you Italians were behind there weren't, it's, there weren't like cigarette stores, you know? There were, Occasionally there was a tobacco store for cigars, but that's specialty stuff. Damn. I don't know. Maybe you should write about that. Maybe I will. Whenever we hear you, are you just miserable? Should we read it in a miserable tone? Or no, I don't Are you think happier so. on, on, on paper? Uh, can be. Okay. There's potential there. You want to do some throwback music? Yeah, let's do it. All right, I'm in. I've been rocking this song heavy. Hey. 
This is by the Fast Life Youngstas. Of course. Y U N G S T A Z. Bangers only. You know what they say. I'm on hypnotic, exotic. This used to really bang. But it's disappeared. This is like one of those old songs that didn't get played but still a heater. One like, hit, yeah. Like the Macarena. Yep. Dick saying the Macarena is not a heater, by the way, is absurd. Yeah, hey, he said that about Aki Breaking Heart. Yikes, going down. This song's a heater, though. Oh, yeah, if this came on and you were out, everyone would be feeling it. Is this a video? Fox, we have a. It's a camera, right? True. Can we not just snipe them off of there? I live in a content building. And I never have a picture to post on Instagram. <laughs> it's like every night I'm like, oh, I should post on Instagram. I'm like, I don't have a single photo from today. Not a one of them. Not a good fit. Oh, yeah, we got some good ones. Like the current fit you're wearing right now? It's pretty good. Me and Steve Jobs dress the same every day. Okay? It's decision-making fatigue. No sleeves? Normally black, fresh shoes, keep it moving. Now that I'm getting thinner, though, me and Steve Weatherford, me, if you want to look like me and Steve Weatherford, <laughs> he has not responded to that. I think he's pissed off about it. That's not good. He'll come around. I came out um, I came out of the room the other day to this. Mm. Sam was sitting into the living room. Just had this blaring on my, uh, my Bluetooth speaker real loud, echoing through the house. I said, hey, Sam. Well, you can tell everybody. Because I successfully plunged the toilet. <laughs> I mean, if anything deserves this song to be blasting after it, it's an accomplishment like that. That's exactly what I Sam didn't feel the same way. I was like, Sam, excuse me, just dropped a goddamn python in the toilet. It came out of the water like the Titanic iceberg. Went down, couldn't do it, plunged that thing. Boom. I'm a grown man. Well, just a man. Could have been her to plunge it. The man. She didn't think about that. We have separate thrones. She has one, I have one. That's she has hard. a different ba- bathroom. That's nice. That's a luxury I'd like to have. Very nice. My, my throne is nice. Comfortable. She can do what she wants with hers. Just, mine is got a good rug in front of it. Oh, like a soft rug. Yeah, nothing better. I got a nice, like... There's a place to hang my shirt. I take my shirt off every poop. Yep. Shirt off, pants off too. Mm-hmm. I'm in there. We're we're here for a walk. <laughs> See, I'm losing my private bath. Huh? I'm moving with Ty. One bathroom over there. Yep. That's terrible. It's not ideal. It's not good. We have two at the pub. One of them's gonna fall through. Yeah. yeah, I thought one was like in, in uninhabitable. Uh, Post election day, I think this is something we all need to do. Mm. You know, Mike Braun, by the way, lock of the century. I told you last week. Yep, was headline news last night. He's gonna change the culture too. That's what he said. Mike Braun, blue shirt Braun. <laughs> 
said that he didn't want to be as vicious in political ads anymore. No show Joe was like, excuse me? We both started laughing when the sky started to rain. Get along down the road. We got a long, long way to go. Scared to live, scared to die. We ain't perfect, but we try. Get along. I watched uh I watched Sean do that chef thing with Wonton Don, mm-hmm. but at my house it wouldn't load. So I saw the first minute and a half. Can somebody tell me what happened in the last seven minutes? Did Sean win? He won, he won last night, yep. In the Rangoon? Yes. So he beat... The Wonton Don. In the what he does, Rangoons. Correct. Tacos tonight, apparently. Sean's got to feel very good about what's happening moving forward. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Donnie does signed up for the right thing here. <laughs> I don't know if he does. But I thought about this song. From West Virginia. Oh man, what a night! I added this into my workout list after the ship last night. Last year, I spent more money. The funny thing about this, it's a Meek Mill song. In bars from one side of this world to the other, yeah. Then you made hindsight. It's all the The whole place was lit. That's all that matters. Diamond ring wearing, kiss stealing, woo, wheeling dealing, limousine riding, jet flying. Not that much of a throwback. Still counts. Recent throwback. Modern history. Because there's a lot of songs now, I feel like, that like breeze by after a year and then you forget about completely. How about this one? Huh? Do you know who this is, Ty? Is this corn? Huh? Is it? <laughs> Something takes a part of me. I used to love corn. They had a run there with Lynn. Mm-hmm. Something takes a part of me. This was a heater back in the day. Corn was like they. Everybody listened to corn. A little, yeah. in, a little intense too. Well, rock in general was really big. Like you said, Limp Bizkit, Deftones. There were a lot of bands back then that were getting like mainstream play. <laughs> I'm so happy I have They're in the same section on the, the fucking Oh of course They're linked together for each other <laughs> They're right next to each other right there NHL hits 0-2 That's what this is from <laughs> <laughs> Fucking love that game This is from fucking Hey hockey Smackdown This band broke up shortly after this song, but what a heater. Oh, I don't know how they decided to break up after this. Are they done done or are they still making me? I, think I mean, I know the one left. The two, Havana girl. Yeah. Which one of them I'm had a guy that was working for a living day? None of them. This is a writer. <laughs> yeah. Hey, none of them dating a third shifter, right? You played Kenny earlier, and we know he doesn't write all his own music. He has writers. Do you think he tells his writers what he wants to sing about? Uh, maybe getting along. What you want to do? 
How big of a hater do you want right now on a scale of 1 to 10? 9.7. On a scale of 1 to 10, what do you want? 9.7. Okay, it's coming. You said you wanted a 9.7. Are you sure? Always. How 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 are you rating that 9.7, though? Is it like energy level? Is it how big it got at one point? No, just overall atmosphere. How does it make you feel? It doesn't have to be energy necessarily, but how it hits you. So is it a party or is it a workout? I mean, what's the scene here? I don't. I, you're picking the music. You're setting the scene. Well, I, well, I wanted to know what your 9.7 was thinking it was, though, because I need to know, because I would like to live up to your 9.7 hype there. I mean, you set a pretty high standard there. So now I'm like, well, what, what type of mood is he in? A 9.7 to me, I guess, would be a party. Like, you might be able to hit that in the gym, but you really got to be putting some work in. <laughs> this will do it. <laughs> this will do the job. This is a 10. This song is a tap. Academy Award winners. (laughs) I felt good about it when I saw it in this playlist, too. I got a private playlist that I think might be the greatest collection of songs in the history of collection of songs. Why don't you put it out there? (laughs) Just for you. This one's for me. I respect that. I mean, at some point, if this all comes crashing down, I'll put it out. We need subscribers. You got to keep some things just to you. Yeah. You're right. You're 100% right. Yeah. Oh. Oh, that's a good one. Bop brand new tags off of brand new clothes. <laughs> I Oh, here's a good one. Huh? You want, what do you want? One to ten. Big one. Let's, let's take it down a little bit. Oh, no. Let's go 6.7. Okay. Nice. Hmm. You found it. You found the spot. It's like a six to eight, I think. You gotta read the party, you know? Where are we at? We're at a six to eight? Got it. Nothing too crazy. It's a head bobber situation happening. Me too, man. Yeah, this one would be like walking into the, the party, I feel like. You think so? It's be a good entrance. Speaking of entrances, at some point in the future, I am going to be the United States champion. Okay? Basically the president. <laughs> okay. At some point, I'm going to be the United States champion. It, it, let's just... I'm going to will this one. This is going to be one that I'm going to really push for. Because John Cena is getting Captain America. 
Okay, somebody else is getting booster gold. Yep. But this United States champion, I think, really has a chance here. That's where you're going to stake your claim. Basically, the president. It's <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing. You're going to give executive orders? Basically. Basically. <laughs> Everything is basically. Okay? I'm already thinking of it. I can't wait for it. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to really push hard for this one. And what should my intro music be? I've been thinking about this a lot. Because we are closer to this potentially becoming a reality than ever before in my life. Mm. Not that it will, not that it's a luck, but this is closer to a reality than it's ever been in the history, right? Yeah. I'm just on a microphone now, but is there a way I can maybe weasel my way into yeah, maybe getting an open mic in an arena one time? Is there a way? <laughs> we'll find out. We will find out. But this is, you know, we're kind of, do I go with a song that's already created? Because CM Punk, Cult of Personality. Right. When that hits is, is awesome. You know what I mean? It is. And then you kind of like craft it into yours. Like it was the bands before, but then a lot of people know that only know that song as CM Punk's. Me. Yeah. All I know that is uh, CM Punk's. So it's like, do I have Black Betty hit? Do I, you know, do I come out to Black Betty? But that is not my own thing. Black Betty's already taken. Yeah. See, you strike me as the guy who would go in there and want to get like hands on and make the song yourself too. I kind of want to come through the crowd too, by the way, I could basically the president, man of the people. I want to come, <laughs> I want to come through the crowd. Not like I would like the Sandman used to not like the shield does like, yeah, yeah. yeah. you I, take your time. You enjoy it. You soak it up. Well, and I, I don't want security either. No, I want to, I want to, not granted, maybe one, maybe so we can guide the way there, but I want there to be, I want there to be a mob of humans coming to the ring at the same time. Me, man of the people. Me and me and the people. Basically the president. That's the thought. So now you need music that works with that, right? I, I almost see me coming out of, it could be anywhere, just like Sandman, where you didn't know where his stinger, you had no idea where he was mm -hmm. coming in from. I kind of enjoy that thought. Like nobody knows where I'm coming in from, but I'm coming in from the crowd. That's only There's only one thing that is happening. It's I'm coming through the crowd somewhere. And I feel like, Back in the day, it was a little bit more looser because there wasn't as many lawsuits. Now, they probably have to keep everybody off of me because if anybody gets run over or hit. Sandman used to chug beers out there and hit himself in the head with sticks. Smoking unfiltered cigs. In the middle of everybody. It's like, I don't know if that Bleeding could... on them? He'd bust his head open off those beer cans and just bleed on people. That's what I'm saying. I wish I could do that. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Because I think the energy of the, the arena would be insane there, you know? It would be insane. It's just... Something to think about. So when you're, you're thinking of music, I need you to think that. Like, oh, what should Pats be? You know, I wouldn't mind if it had like a um, like a white stripes bass guitar hum along with it because like Shinsuke Nakamura's singable. Yeah, you want something along. to get the crowd completely involved. You're in the crowd. You're, you're one of them, and then they're singing along to the song. Completely too. Okay. involved. So I, what I would like is, I would like. The potential top to get popped in every arena. That's what I would like. To potentially pop the top of every arena with everybody. Singing, a whole thing. Just need to figure it out. That's what we need. Maybe Clayton Anderson can work out a fucking song. <laughs> Good luck. That Maybe. guy. Heartland Radio has been waiting for what? Six months. Yeah. I mean, guy, honestly. He's on a beach every fucking day. What's he doing? Probably closer to a calendar year, to be honest with you. You know what? Clayton Anderson, one of the most handsome and talented people we've ever heard. Nice guy. Good he's time just, to hang out with he's him. He's just so big time. He's so big time now. It's crazy. So big time now. Can't make a couple of little... Uh, he's uh, He's got a show in Pittsburgh, or in Indy. Yep, Rathskeller. Hell yeah. Going to go to that for sure. Well, oh, yeah. I won't, but you guys can. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might go. If it, it's not outside. Is it inside or outside? Uh, I don't know. 
If it's inside, probably not going. Outside, I could, I'll potentially go. Outside's a good time. Well, there's also escape. Yeah. So that's my big thing. I look for escape. You know, I like to do the old Irish goodbye. Of course. <laughs> this has been awesome. Gone. <laughs> See you later. So think about the entrance, though. I will. I will. I can do some digging. I'm sure we can come up with something. Me coming through a crowd, though, with like a, a big... Because the glass break on Stone Cold Steve Austin is something that is incomparable right now. There's nothing that is... But there has to be something that sets the tone. Well, do you want the slow build or do you want the immediate hit like the Austin glass breaking? Slow build would be cool if I'm coming out of the the arena because the amount of build up you could have there but i would some people would see me because i'd be walking through the arena so that would only be like what one fiftieth of their arena would see me so it's not that big of a deal but i do i do maybe a slow build is the way to go maybe it's like pitch black in there maybe it's pitch black in there because you get like uh dx did it a little bit with boom boom yeah are you ready yeah yeah i think maybe there's a slow i I like a piano though (laughs) oh There's a lot of elements we're pulling here. <laughs> on a piano and a bass guitar. You know, maybe a trumpet. Timmy? Like a Timmy <laughs> trumpet? Mm-hmm. You get it. Basically the president. So we got to be act accordingly. You know what I mean? I can't just have some bum-ass entrance. It's got to be a good one. What if this happens, by the way? Would be hilarious. It's a lot just, of moving parts, but I think we can find it. No, well, forget that. But what if I'm just walking around with the United States Championship belt on my... Like, if I have the title on... Because I would wear it every single day. It would be my belt. It would be my actual hold-up-my-pants belt. I would somehow figure out a way to make it. Well, you'd just get custom-made pants with bigger loops. Yep. Yes, I would. (laughs) Yes, I would do that. I I would be Custom jorts, custom jeans, big loops. With big loops so we could put the belt around it and even even hold it up. Mm -hmm. Every day of my life, I would wear it. Every single day, I would wear it. Basically, the president. That'd be a good time. (laughs) I don't know if I'm tough enough, though, to be honest. That's a good reality show that should be brought back. I did like Tough Enough. KFC was asking about reality shows that you would think to bring back on the on the um, the Twitter. Mm-hmm. Tough Enough is probably the the one that I'm thinking. Yeah, I, I mean, what like I feel like the rest of them are still on. Like Survivor, they still do that, right? Survivor's still on. Maybe Weakest Link. We talked. Is that our considered reality show? No, it's a yeah, game, game show. Game show. Game show yeah. Weakest Link though was a heater. We need it. We talked about it the other day in this office. I miss the you are the weakest link lady. Goodbye. I miss that lady. She was electric on television. She would have did really well on the internet. Oh, oh, very well. Oh my god, she did well. She did do well. Deal or no deal still happens. Who wants to be a millionaire? Still deal happens. or no deal still on. I think so. I think it's on Jeez. Game Show Network. I think. That was a good show, too. Howie Mandel did the two-and-two thing right yeah. back at you. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a weirdo, huh? Yeah, yeah, big time. What's his deal? Why is he so... Huge germaphobe. Yeah, I big know germaphobe. That. No, no, but why is he Why is he so big? Why is he Why is he over so... Like, why does he have that America's Got Talent kick? I never understood that. I don't know. I knew him from fucking Bobby's World when we were growing there up. There it is. So Bobby's World led him to Deal or No Deal, which led him to America's Got Talent? <laughs> it seems like it. Like, I don't know what else he did in the meantime. Maybe he was touring doing stand-up or something. I don't know. He's an enjoyable person. Like, I don't. when he speaks, I enjoy it. Yeah. When America's Got Talent, he just tells everybody to vote. That's all he ever says. Mm. Just vote. Terry Crews, new host of America's Got Talent, by the way. That's a good uh, pick. Tyra Banks out. Terry Crews in. It's a good pick. Tyra, Tyra felt like she was. It felt like Tyra was just getting comfortable. To be honest, like very comfortable. Oh, uh, what what happened then? Do you think? Do you think she left on her own? That's what accord, I'm saying. Or do you think they were like, "Nah, we're done." Did here. Simon Cow say no? He's the boss of the thing. Did Simon Cow say no? enough? Yeah, it's gonna be a no for me. For <laughs> it's gonna be a no. You are disgusting. 
Remember back when he was in Savage on American Idol? Oh, yeah. He's not like that anymore. Now he's got a kid, the whole thing. He does seem real chill now. I don't watch it often, but I catch it occasionally. Still hilarious. I just think he lost his edge a little bit because he's so ridiculously wealthy. And I think he started selling WWE themes, by the way. I think that's how he got his start. I think WWE music somehow has the tie to Simon Cowell's start. I think. This is real? You're not... Now I'm being 100% serious. I think there's a tie-in between Simon Cowell and WWE music at the beginning of the huh. I could be very wrong, but in my head, that is, for some reason, my brain just popped those two up. I can tell you for a fact that WWE music is the reason I got the internet as a kid. My friend had AOL, and it was the first time I'd ever seen it, and he was downloading wrestling music, and I was like, this is the coolest thing ever. I need it. I <laughs> ran home to my parents. like, we need to get the internet right now. Excuse I need it. Me. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah, he started his uh, career by creating novelty records with Axe. Uh, Power Rangers was one of them, and then the WWF was the other one. Power Rangers soundtrack, very good, too. Very underrated. It bangs. Yeah, I can I can say with real conviction that I've never heard the Power Rangers soundtrack and never watched the Power Rangers. I can say that. Yeah, we know you didn't have a childhood. Easy. You got, Easy. You get taped up and balls thrown at you by your dad. Yeah, there's a reason. Granted, it worked. It paid off. But yeah, there's, a re- there's a reason, though. You know what I mean? There's life lessons being taught there that old blue fat Power Ranger can't figure out. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, that was the, 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 the McGillicuddy's. The um, Teletubbies? There they <laughs> those things were hot for a while back in the day. I never watched them, but man... Everybody loved those goddamn Teletubbies. They had the sunshine with the baby's face on it. Dude, it was huge. I don't know how they thought of all that stuff. The drugs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Blue's Clues had, had to, to be. be the most drugs in the history of drugs to create that show. Mm. And the dude like got caught with drugs, I'm pretty sure. Now, or was an addict. I heard yeah, he, he didn't. I heard it didn't happen. Oh, it was fake news. Yeah, I think we found No, I think he show. did drugs. I think the rumor was that he killed himself. I think that was the fake. Yeah, uh, I thought he killed, he didn't kill himself. I'm no. pretty sure he was a heroin addict or something like that. I think it was. Bro, something that drug serious. gets you, man. I don't know. I don't know how that happens there. I don't know how that that's a shame. It's mm. a real shame. Artie Lang. Have you ever seen Artie Lang recently? Yikes. He is not looking good. We were going to New York to Sirius and Artie Lang was blackmailing Howard Stern out of five grand <laughs> mm-hmm. the same day. And I just I just started scrolling around in Artie Lang, and I remember Artie Lang from back in the day watching the Howard Stern yeah. show on E. I remember Artie from watching him on E, and I I somehow landed on because I saw like Howard, you pay me five thousand dollars or everything's coming out. I thought it was a troll account. I click on it, no, it was the actual Artie Lang, and then I clicked on some pictures. I'm like, oh my god, this is like the this is your brain on drugs. That's the, that should be the campaign there. That should be the commercial. It's not weed doing that, right? Yeah, no. He's had a good really news. hard really couple good. years. That's really good news. That's really good news. That's really good news. <laughs> I was worried that old CBD for $570 is going to turn me into that. <laughs> I don't think Why so. Why do people do it? It's not enough. You need more. Moderation is the key to everything. Go on. So you either can accept and live within the limits that you set for yourself, or you can't. Oh, this is some deep philosophical <laughs> shit. <laughs> well, like they call weed a gateway drug. And it's only a gateway drug if, if you feel like you need more. Some people are very content just to smoke marijuana. Other people... They call it a gateway drug because I would assume if you're willing to do heroin, you're willing to smoke weed. 
right? So let's say 100%. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's where you start. 100% of people who have done heroin, I assume, have also smoked weed. Very, yeah, very likely. I would assume. Yeah. If you're willing to. It's a very assumable thing. Yes. So saying it's a gateway drug is very interesting because. I, I, you would that would say that marijuana leads to that. That's what gateway would mean, right? Gateway yes. would mean leads to, and I don't think that's the case. Well, at I'm all. sure it does for some people. But stats can spin however you want. Right? Yeah. Like if you do heroin, I assume you drink alcohol as well. At some point, you have drank alcohol. Yes, I've drank a lot of alcohol. I smoked a lot of weed, and I've never felt the desire or urge or need to do heroin. Same. Let's put that on record, and send it to the FDA. You ever taken pain pills? Print it. Oh, you're taking pain pills? Yeah. Are you, on pain, are you on pain pills right now because of your clavicle? No. Are you sure? Yes. Why not? There's a difference why, there, Why? Well, oh, yeah. I'll, believe me, I know. <laughs> wait, why aren't you? Why, why am I not what? Why, not you, why aren't you on pain pills? They gave me Tylenol with uh, codeine in it, and it didn't really. Scissor herb? Did you make some scissor, some lean? <laughs> Did you codeine the lean? Crush it up, pour it in there, a little Sprite. Did you do that? Like my Sprite Easter pink? Yeah, no. double cupped. No. I've tried it before. I still have it. I've been you, slinging it to the dudes on the street out here. You, good move, because mm. I understand. What, it's very, it's, it put me to bed. Oh, yeah, you go bye-bye. Put me to bed immediately. There was like a kid from Houston on our team. His friend came into town for a weekend. They were like, oh, we got this. We got lean. We got lean. We got lean. Had the whole party over there. Everybody was asleep in 25 minutes. <laughs> Everybody was dead. Best sleep. I woke up five hours later and I was like, holy shit. I felt like I was in that couch right there. And then I peeled my roommate out of there and we're like, let's get out of here. <laughs> it was, I can understand why people enjoy a very comfortable state of mind. Very, very comfortable state of mind. I don't know how to deal with your clavicle, but. Yeah, it didn't really. I feel like it didn't really do that much for me. I, I was taking uh, like max strength Tylenol, and it was doing the same thing. I would so assume the that. carbonation does something to it. I would assume that there's Probably. some reason why they mix. I don't know why. There has to be something that cooks. I don't know. So you were just drinking it when you did it, just like drinking dirty Sprite. Yeah. Okay. Have you ever done it on like a blunt or something like that? No, I've done that. That is <laughs> same man. result. You'll be in yeah. bed by 20 minutes. Done for, dude. So so why does everybody? It's probably because, well, it's a lot of people like Tony practice. They relax your joints. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they're that's why they get addicted to the relaxing feeling. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's uppers and downers. Everyone has their own little kick and whatever triggers them and what they need to feel good. Yeah, but Lean was wrapped about in every rap song for a decade, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a decade. I'm like, man, these guys are sleeping good. (laughs) (laughs) These guys are sleeping really good. I never. I only tried it one time though, and I was out. See you later. Great sleep. If I ever if I ever can't sleep, I'm not going to go the Michael Jackson route. I'm going to go the lean route, probably, if I mm. guess. People are using... Um, the Michael Jackson was using the surgery shit, right? Same thing, though. Yeah. He probably started out using a little bit, built up a tolerance to it, wasn't getting the same fix, and then kept You think Michael Jackson ever drank increasing. alcohol? Let's yeah. go back to your stat right now. Yeah. <laughs> we go back to your stat right now. You think Michael Jackson ever drank alcohol? For sure. He strikes I don't me think as a he, big wine guy. Yeah, it, well, he was giving it to kids. I don't <laughs> think he was out there like ripping shots, but I think he enjoyed himself a couple cocktails. I guess he was spending like something like sixty thousand dollars a day or something. Jesus. They should, I watched this one like documentary piece on him. It was like a behind the music piece or whatever. And he was just pointing at things and buying them on camera. It was like the statue of an elephant. It was like forty grand. He was like, "Yeah, I want that." <laughs> <laughs> and it was just showing up at his house. You go in his house and it looked like a fucking museum of things that are just like artifacts, collectibles. It's like this guy is. 
What a wild life. Okay. That's what happens when you have no one to tell you no in life and no checks and balances and no moderation. You just do shit like that. Then the next thing you know, you're drugging yourself to fall asleep until you die. Joe Jackson gets a lot of blame. Well, yeah, abusive childhood will do that, too. I'm scared to be a dad. What if my kid? What if my kid's a fucking lunatic? What do you do? He's going to suck. My kid's going to suck. I know that. He's going to be an active little fucker. He's going to be annoying. He's going to talk a lot. <laughs> I, it's just I know what's coming. And then what if he's a lunatic? Though? What do I do with a little lunatic? What do I, hey, hey, stop. What is that what I'm supposed to say? <laughs> I don't think that's going to work. And I'm going to quit on him. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> be dead. I know what's going to happen. Uh, patience is tough with children. So you're, you're a single man. Yeah. You're 32. Have you ever been in a situation where you've had to think about marriage and kids? <laughs> I am in it. I will let you know I am in it right now. I am in this situation where I have to think about it, and it's wild. This is a very wild thing. The thought of reproducing might be the most scary thing I've ever had in my life. I don't even think you should even think, think about thinking about it for another 10 years. I agree at with least. you. Hey, I agree with you. It's shit to do. Hey, mm-hmm. I would like to be comfortable first. Before yeah. we get this kid to be comfortable in this world. As soon as you have a kid, you give up all your dreams. All your dreams and hopes go right to that kid. Yeah. That seems to be the way it goes. Unless you want to be a bad dad. All your insecurities and doubt also. You just download right into that kid's brain. <laughs> <laughs> Congrats, kid. Here you go. I didn't even think about that. That's a very hilarious thought that Nick would have that I would never have in my entire life. <laughs> but yeah, it's, I've been thinking about this stuff. Like I'm almost an adult now. I'm thinking about my next comedy set being called Almost an Adult. Like it's here I am. I'm almost an adult. Plunging toilets now, changing out fucking AC units, water coolers, redoing the floors, stain washing shit. I'm almost an adult. I got to think about this stuff. It's crazy. It's like at night I can't sleep because I'm either thinking of something we should do here, and then as soon as that subsides, it's like, imagine if there was a kid here. Your life would suck. And it's like, well, I'm right. That's right around the corner, I think. And then it's another two hours of me just thinking of how terrible my kid's gonna be. And I'm never going to win a Dad of the Year award. So why are we even thinking about it? And by that time, it's 2.33 a.m. Can't sleep. Might as well just stay up. Here we are back in the office tomorrow morning. It's just it's a never-ending cycle. These kids are ruining my life before they even come into my life. It's a nightmare. How am I going to rip up the sidewalks on an electric scooter if I got a kid? Mm-hmm. I get hurt, but I can't take care of myself or the kid. Yeah, you got to make up a lie about what happened. Uh, Daddy stopped a robbery. <laughs> <laughs> you got to make up some lie. So the kid thinks you're good? It's oh, tough. It's like Todd had gator back here. I don't, I don't even know. Well, you see how that turned out. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like him, Todd and him are like boys. Like it's, not like, <laughs> it's not like Todd's his dad. It's like Todd's his boy. Like they're boys with each other. The first time I heard him, they, they were interacting, and he called him Todd. I almost like had a heart attack. If I ever called my dad Steve, he would knock every single one of my fucking teeth out in Hey, Tim. The snap of a finger. Hey, Tim. <laughs> Why don't you and Steve fucking go talk to each other? Oh, my God. It would be interesting. But that's how t- Todd and Bailey are like boys, like mm-hmm. friends. It's like, oh, maybe that would be what, what I do with my kid. And then I'm like, oh, but fuck, I got to teach him some discipline because Sam's not going to. Sam's just going to give this thing mm-hmm. everything it needs, everything it could possibly want. So it's like, well, then do I have to be the asshole for his 18 years? Do I have to be an asshole to one person? Oh, nightmare. I think I'm going to, by the way. I've decided. <laughs> kid? No, I think I'm gonna be. I think I'm gonna be a, tough, stern. I think I'm gonna be a prick for the first like ten years of his life. I think I'm gonna be pretty stern. He'll appreciate it down the road. Yeah, it's gonna be a rough time. So you're going one single child route. Yeah, 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 for sure. Wow. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Make him a spoiled little. 
fuck. <laughs> what I think is I should go broke, so he has to grow up with, you know? Ooh. Like, hey, kid. Hey, kid, listen, we're all hungry now, okay? So keep working. Yeah, because we used to be rich, and it was a lot of fun. So you work hard so we can do that again. That would be fun. 18 years from now. This is an 18-year investment in you. Because what happens, I, I'm going to want to give my kid everything. Probably. So then he's just a spoiled Very hard f- to fight that urge. Yeah. It's a, it's a, this, was, this was 1 a.m. to about 1.45 a.m. two nights ago, this one right here. Like, how am I not going to spoil my kid so then he's a soft bitch forever? Hmm. Not that bitch is a bad thing. Well, it I, is. It's a female dog. I think you can spoil him, and I think it's just the parenting still comes in. Like you'll, I have a feeling you'll know when it's like, all right, I gotta crack, crack the whip on this little fucker. Yeah, it's like Foxy, you know. Yep. Yeah, Foxy's like my child. <laughs> <laughs> You've you done like, pretty well. You're like my child, Foxy. <laughs> you're like my child, but you already know how to pee and poop and stuff. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah, he, he was a head start. He was like adopted, basically. Yeah. Which, by the way. Uh, adopt, don't shop if you're looking for animals. Mm-hmm. And we almost ended up with two more dogs this past weekend because Sam's fucking lunatic. Jeez. It's lunatic stuff. I think I'm going to be at Purdue on Sunday. Hmm. I think I'm going to be at Purdue. Four? Their dance marathon. Mm-hmm. I Ooh. think I'm going to be at their dance marathon on Sunday. Pretty cool. I get invited to these literally every year. The IU, Ball State, everybody does these dance marathons because they raise a ton of money. It's really cool watching these colleges come together. And every year, I get a bunch of tweets about me coming right. to different colleges once. And I've always felt like if I go to one, I have to go to the mall. And also, I'll just donate from remote. So it's like, you know, yeah. which I've donated to, I think, every single dance marathon in the state so far as like a, a donation mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, though, there's something really cool happening at Purdue, and I'm going for it. So maybe this will start to dance marathon marathon. Uh. Does that make sense? I'll start going to all of them. Mm-hmm. Maybe you just go to a different one each year. That's what I'm saying. I think that's what happens. Yeah, because this this will be my first time really getting to see the because they the amount of money they raise is it's, it's, it's insane. It's I, incredible. I did it three years at Iowa. It's awesome. It is. Yeah. It's so cool. It's like a, a thing where a college these millennials are bashed a lot, right? But they come together and just raise a ton of money for cancer research, I believe, is what it is. Yep, FTK, for the kids. For the kids. It's everywhere. It's cross-country now. Mm -hmm. And I'm excited to go to Purdue and see this one. I'm excited to see how it all works and stuff like that because it's magic. The amount of money raised there is huge. The Plum Telethon. Remember those? Yeah, I uh, was supposed to run one, produce one, basically, but I got uh, in-school suspension like two days before it happened, so... (laughs) The vice principal told me I was lucky to even have my name in the credits. Casella. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Why'd you get that suspended? That guy's the best. Piece of shit. That guy's the best. Uh, we were we were messing around with my one buddy, and it was like joking, and I pushed him. Oh boy. You know, just like locker room, not locker room, but like high school hallway yeah. bullshit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when I pushed him, my other friend stuck his foot out and tripped him. Huh. And he fell. Classic schoolboy. He fell, and he got a little cut on his head. Oh, you know, nothing bad. Blood bleeds his but own he blood. Bled. Yeah, but he bled. Sounds like a standard bully move to me. He man. went home. His mom freaked out. <laughs> called the school, and me and my friend were in in school for the next. You were days. friends with the kid. Yeah, and his his mom called on you. Yeah, it's wild times. Oh, you any throwback songs? Uh, maybe I'll do one more. Nope, I'm done. Well. I'm done. Well, 
All the whole jack jack beat steady knock knock middle of the stage got the whole club It's block entertainment nigga you can hate but you beat steady watch watch bitch you can't do it Gorilla's on the she popping we bottle popping you cock blocking told the girl you rap Excuse me. this is so fucking say you getting money this man we so big nope. your girl is now he's got like dyed blonde hair and stuff it was a flow rider I watched him in flow I didn't even know he was still around I can eyeball perp. I am not too jerk. Hating on me and make you sit. Alright, I'm done. I'm done. That was it. Craig Carton? Does he think he thinks he could have got away with it? Apparently. So what was he doing? He was just selling fake tickets to people? I think so, yeah. Forty five years in jail for selling fake tickets to people? That's a long time. Bro, that's forever. Yeah. That's the rest of his life. Mm-hmm. 45 years is the rest of his life. Well, let's say good time, right? There was a two days for one good day or whatever. Mm-hmm. So each day counts as two. So it's 22 and a half years. He's what? going to be 68 when he gets out? Mm-hmm. For fake tickets? For fake tickets. I think I read somewhere that they said they expect him to serve five to ten years of it. Oh, still. Yeah. <laughs> still. Right. <laughs> How does he think he's getting away with that? Though? That's my big thing. Like, how do these people think they're going to get away with this shit that they do? And what made it such a big deal that it was 45 years? I guess it was $4 million so dollars worth of yeah. tickets. It was a Ponzi scheme. So what's that? So Ponzi schemes are you get people's money and then you return people other people's money but while collecting other people's money. So right. the Ponzi scheme, I don't know how you do it with tickets. I don't know how you do it with <laughs> tickets. I have no idea how you do it. But a Ponzi scheme with money is you are a financial advisor. And I come up to you, Evan Fox, yep. and I go, I will guarantee you 20% return on your investment one year from now. You're like, that sounds good. You give me a million dollars. So what do I owe you? I owe you 200000 at least back in right. a year from now. 20%, right? I need mm-hmm. that. So I'll pay you out 20% for the next five years of your money, but six years, so we get your money back plus 20% in a six-year thing. So you get an extra $200,000 in six years, right? So then- I have a million dollars from you. Yep. I know I'm paying you two hundred thousand at the end of this year. So what do I actually have? I have eight hundred thousand from you. Oh right, right, right. Okay, right, so right. now I have eight hundred thousand from you. So then I go to Ty. I go Ty. I'll give you twenty percent back on your money for the next six years. You wind up making twenty percent. He gives me a million dollars. I'm going to give him two hundred thousand at the end of the year. This. So what do I have? I have 800000 Yep. So now I have $1.6 million to fuck around with, <laughs> mm-hmm. and you both have the 20% return. Then I have to go to another person. So you just Jesus. have to keep adding people. So you have to keep adding. That's the only way it works is if you keep adding people. It's a shell game. Yep. You just move the shell until you run out of shells. Then that's when people get fucked over. Then that's when it all comes crashing down. That's why you see Ponzi schemes are up for like two hundred million. Yep. Because the only way you can continue to do it is if you keep going. Because you got to keep collecting other people's money so you can. You're robbing Peter to pay Paul, and then you're doing that again with Paul with Peter with Peter with Paul. You're doing that. So I don't know how you would do it with tickets. I don't know how that right. applies to tickets. I was approached to be a part of a Ponzi scheme house selling thing, where this one guy would buy and sell the same houses. 
to numerous investors. He would just have to get a new. So he would tell me, um, he told he actually took me to a house to look at. He was like, we can buy this house right now, $115,000. I promise in one month we can sell it for $125,000. I won't do any of the signing fees. We'll just make a quick ten grand. You give me 20%, 30%, whatever, boom, boom, boom. And I was like, that sounds like a genius idea, right? right? So then I was listening to a conversation that was happening, and the the closing company mm-hmm. mentioned that they had sold that house to him like a month before that. So whoever he made the same deal with to me, so that house was one hundred fifteen thousand. We'll sell it for one twenty five. He said that to somebody else. We'll sell it for one hundred five. We'll sell it for one fifteen in a month from now. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so yeah. he was just whoever was the next one was going to buy it for one twenty five for that house, and I would have got the ten thousand from that. Jeez. And then he was going to move me to another house, and then to another house, and then to another house. And then at the end of the day, somebody misses out. So at the end, somebody is out, mm-hmm. and then that person is the person that causes the problem. That what causes the investigation. It's all over. That what's, happens all the time. What's the end game though? They just keep collecting. The end game is you. So just, you just have to have fishes that keep coming. You have yeah. to, yeah. You have to keep collecting. You have to keep like the the financial advisors that do with just oh money. They have to keep acquiring clients. They have to keep like you have to at a rapid rate because right. you're owing everybody money. Because you, your numbers actually have to be pretty good because you have to pay back everybody the percentage that you told right. them, fifteen percent, twenty percent, and then the rest of it you just enjoy with your life. And it's just like keeping up with paying everybody the fifteen percent that they want. Yeah, Seems like like a, exactly what happened yeah. with Bernie Madoff. He had like one point six billion dollars in a, in a yep. Ponzi scheme and then eventually like pe- people started coming back and like hey I gave you a lot of money I want it back I he's want- like it doesn't exist yeah you can't you can't find it <laughs> because Fucking they man. weren't able to acquire new clients but if you can acquire new big money people you can keep it going forever mm-hmm. Tim Durham is the guy here in Indiana he had to run up for a few hundred mil it's like Ponzi schemes are everywhere. That guy in Miami who yeah, was Yeah, Nevin Shapiro. Yep, he was a big Ponzi scheme guy who was uh, flaunting his money everywhere. So these guys have no intentions to get like broken off someday and actually pay the people back. No, no, no. no. Their intentions are strictly to collect Fuck people's money day. and move money around. They go from yachts and thoughts, though, to two hots and a cot, though, very right. quickly. <laughs> as soon as that ends, it all comes crashing down very quickly. Their lives are just so extravagant. that You, you see it on Greed. I see. Greed, the show Greed mm-hmm. has it all the time it's awesome to watch so i don't know how this guy did it with ticketing i don't know how you would ponzi scheme ticketing i don't understand that maybe buying tickets i'll be able to sell these tickets for this price i don't know how you would do it i don't know how it's a ponzi scheme if it's if it's fake tickets it's fake tickets but i always thought a ponzi scheme was moving money from one place to another i always thought too like he's such a public figure in new york like if you listen to the radio you know who he is so he like it was going to come crashing down eventually I don't understand it. I don't fully understand it. The financial advisors, I can see where they, because financial advisors at the end of the day, they love money. That's why they're around money, right? Yeah. So you can see where they would be like, oh, this is an easy way to collect. Like in the situation with you two, that's $1.6 million that mm-hmm. I'm getting. And if I get one more person, I'll be able to pay you guys out for the next three, four years without even having to worry about it. Ah. And I just got this asinine amount of cash just right in my pocket. It'd be very, very difficult to be a straight and narrow financial advisor whenever you're talking about those millions and millions of dollars, right. I think. Now, granted, that's what they're paid to do. That's their job. Mm-hmm. But you could see how Ponzi schemes get started because once it gets started, you can't stop. You're literally, like that. Literally, once it starts, you can't stop. Yeah. It is It is something you commit to a life, and if you continue to make it move for years and years, decades. Some people do it for decades, and they never get caught until 
one shell game is missing. One shell is missing. Then you're fucked. It's it's the way it goes. 45 years. Well, and I think it works, too, because don't at the start, like, they'll, they're only going after big fish. So it's yes. like, they're like, hey, it, it's going to take some time for you to see this return on investment. They're like, okay, well, that that's fine. No well, big deal. Well, have patience with your money, too. Right. But Bernie Madoff, I think, was going after, like, middle-class families, oh, too. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, yep. like, he was scrounging everybody. Taking he, people's, like, nest eggs and yeah, stuff like that. everybody's yeah. money. He... he he got in where he started to have to collect like middle class people money. You go a big suit and you're like, I invest billions of dollars. You the middle just take advantage of like Tim and Sally McAfee. Mm-hmm. My parents finally get some money somehow, and this Bernie Madoff guy comes in. He's wearing a suit. He's like, I invest billions of dollars. I return fifteen yep. percent every single year on the cash. You cannot. I've done it for the last twenty five years. You can count it. Then they just hand over all their money, and that shit's gone. It's a fucking wild way. To they live. made a movie about it's terrible him humans. On man. HBO. Horrible. It was incredibly interesting. It was awesome. De Niro played him. It was great. This Craig Carton guy is probably going to be a movie. I assume, huh? Yeah, uh, you would think. I mean, that's a wild story. Wild story. Forty five <laughs> years in fucking jail. Was it, how much money is he making being on WFAN? That has to be a pretty good Probably paycheck. Probably a decent, decent chunk. Yeah, I mean, it was him and Boomer Esiason. They were like the top show on, you know, when Francesa was gone. That's what everyone was listening to. Him and Diggs have the same degenerate. We need to keep our eye. <laughs> we need to keep our eye on Diggs. It seems like he's a losing gambler. That's where this money comes mm-hmm. from. Yep. Gambling debts will get you. That'll get people. Gambling debts get people, you know? That's where, I mean, there was a kid in my high school. Everybody's heard the story. Yeah, yeah. He thought he was going into a porn. Turns out it was only a guy there. They told him they pay him double. He had a gambling debt, took the cash, sucked the guy's dick on film. <laughs> got out of his gambling debt, though. Got out of his gambling debt. And then that just hit the ground running. It's like, whew. people with these gambling debts are insane. Now, on the alternative, whenever you gamble with my bookie and you bankrupt them, yeah, it's like, okay, are they sucking dick to pay me? <laughs> Could be. They need to. Or a Ponzi scheme. Or more... They might be robbing some other book to pay Pat because I am on a heater right now. I am in a good spot. Speaking of today at 11 or at noon, we'll say it's at noon. Yep. Get your bet in by 11.55. I am bowling. Can't wait. Can't wait. And Get you, your bets in. You've said before, either it's a 160 or it's a 60. It's one or the other. I have zero consistency in bowling. I, I, I could roll a 50. Yeah. I could roll a 180, though. Mm-hmm. I, it's, it's, it's all about the oil patterns, obviously. Mm-hmm. How do you know yep. the oil, yeah, oil yep. pattern? you got to have your ball and your wrist glove. Exactly. I watch yep. PBA. Uh, I mean, we all watch PBA. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, 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 could be, I could be a gutter ball machine, or I, can, I could throw up seven X's straight if we have to. <laughs> it's literally a complete guessing game. Today at noon, get your bets in mybookie.ag. There's a bunch of bets there, and there's a gambling on Diggs' drinking ability. Diggs is not known for a chugger, by the way. There's no. a bottle of beer chug over or under 14 and a half seconds. That seems like an eternity. It's a long time. But Diggs is not a chugger. I never see Diggs drink beer either. It's true. He's always drinking, you know, vodka, water, vodka, mixies. Sprite. Yeah, he's always mixies. on the mixies. Always on the beta mixies. <laughs> I'm excited to see what he has to come up with. I think he'll get the under there just because he'll a beer on the shirt will be beer in the mouth is what he'll say. Absolutely. There'll be a lot. I bet you there'll be a lot of discrepancy on that. It's a big pride thing, too. My bookie might have to pay people back for bets because Diggs just dumps it all over himself. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) I think Diggs will just. "Ah, ah." A lot of pressure on the moment. A lot of pressure. Trying to send it back. So do we do that before the bowling or after the bowling? Maybe it kicks off the bowling. Okay, here's the prop bet of the day. Mm -hmm. Diggs' thing. And then we go right into the bowling. Yep. I'm rolling a full game. Ten of them. Ten frames. Ten frames. Ten frames. Will I get a double? That's two strikes. Okay. That's a bet. Will I get over 130 is a bet? Will I get over okay. 100 is the main bet, though. 
I think we're pretty pretty healthy over 100. Now. I think so too. I think we'll be pretty healthy over 100. It's 120 though. That 115 to 120 is a huge that's a huge jump for us amateur bowlers. What I like is that you get 10 in a row. You don't have to wait for your group. So I think you'll you'll find a rhythm. Okay. Yeah, that I've never bowled that way. Really? <laughs> I've never bowled you where you get to throw 10 in a row by yourself. So when you go with like your group of friends, everybody is in a strict order. Yeah, we take turns. You you live by the authority of bowling. That's like what, you never throw for a friend. That's that's, a- that's how the thing works. Evan and then Ty would be up, and then Pat would be up. You are just a you. You would just do whatever anybody tells you to do. Uh, you, I follow you, the rules. Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. So you've never rolled for your friend. I have. You've never rolled like then, for, your friends if, go to the bathroom and you don't just roll for all. Oh, of them? absolutely. But when you got money on the line. Then, Sounds like you're backpedaling right now. No, that's just how it goes now. <laughs> I don't know. You've, you're saying you've thrown 10 in a row. I assume at some point in my life that I had no patience for the people that were going to the bathroom and you roll for or <laughs> Or my group of friends would quit very often. I mean, yeah. it would be like frame five. They're like, ah, we're, we're here for the beer. Yep. Like, I'll roll for you. But yeah, I'm assuming that happened. Huh. I guess I just follow the rules. That's why you're having fucks. Mm-hmm. People would say that. Michigan State does not follow the rules. <laughs> There's a golden rule that they chose not to follow for a long, long time. No. <sighs> wow. I think. Uh, go green. Go white. Racist. <laughs> <laughs> We're past that. Yeah. Today's show flew by. It really did. Today's show flew by. These conversations, I've been sitting in this chair for like the last two and a half, three hours, mm-hmm. and I haven't even noticed because it's so smooth. The conversations have been so smooth. Whether Very. it's Pat Anger calling me from the credit union, Tom McComas coming in here, Diggs and I chatting, Connor and Evan and I with basketball, Nick with some throwback jams, everything's so smooth. Whenever, whenever something happens and you don't even realize it, it really makes life better. It's nice. Like, for instance... Whenever I put my Ridge wallet in my pocket, I don't even know it's there because it's so small, so smooth, so compact. I don't even know what's happened. I used to have a wallet that I had for years and years and I would put it in my back pocket. I always, it was like something I cherished. I'm going to keep everything in this one wallet forever. It was like my thing. And then every time I stood up, now that I'm getting older, my hips were out of whack. The things were all discombobulated down there in the wall. Anytime I pulled it out, I had to dig through the shitty leather that was torn <laughs> mm-hmm. apart. And then Ridge wallet showed up at her office. And this wallet is a steel front pocket wallet that has made access to all my cards and cash quicker and also comfort of the wallet being in my pocket much easier. I have I wear tight pants. I think the majority of the world has tighter fit pants these days. Yep. And when a wallet is big and, and bulky and annoying, it's very obvious. It can kind of get in your way. This Ridge wallet slips right in the front pocket, keeps everything in there. And it also has that thing where they can't steal your shit. Yeah, the oh, IRF uh, protector. That thing. I don't know if that's the proper. It might not be. I don't. Think, <laughs> I don't know if that's it. But there is those things to protect, so nobody can steal your social security. I very much recommend this Ridge Wallet. Uh, it's a minimal front pocket wallet that's designed to let you ditch your bulky wallet. That's very nice of them for mm-hmm. setting you up like that for success. The future. We had Ridge Wallet at one point in the office. Uh, we never got to experience it. Never saw it. Never. Not once. Not at once. But this is this time, the entire office has them, and we love them. Get 10% off today with free worldwide shipping by going to ridgewallet.com slash pat. That's R-I-D-G-E-W-A-L-L-E-T dot com slash P-A-T. And use code PAT to get your Ridge Wallet today. You will not 
regret it. Hashtag end gang. Hashtag end game. Um, go ahead and show me something you want to buy with all that money you're going to put in that Ridge wallet. Let's nice. have a good one. We'll give away a 20% discount uh, to the com store, which will have a 20% discount already on Black Friday. So if you get a 20% off, a 20% off, I think you're only paying like probably 64% of what a price is. Mm-hmm. Is that right? Sounds about right. I think it is. I actually think that is right because 20% off would be 80% and 20% off of 80% is 16%. 16% minus 80 minus 16% is what? 64%. 64. So you could potentially wow. be buying the greatest ugly Christmas sweaters that we've ever put out. All of our t-shirts plus new products we are releasing at 64%. If you send an incredible photo of what we should spend our money on that's in our Ridge wallet or what you will spend your saved money on from the patmagashow.com website, uh, with your ridge wallet that's we appreciate that mm-hmm. yeah good luck finding that deal anywhere else 64 percent they're paying i don't even think we'll lose money by the way probably we will lose which is good i, w- I would like to give away the whole company mm-hmm. our cfo phil hates it yeah he hates it phil hates it it's a small business we're a small business we got to make money that's what phil thinks but I, for me I let's just it. have a good time yeah here. let's move the merch make everyone happy i will let you know this that this small business thing has become very interesting because <laughs> Phil, best friend since kindergarten, CFO, he retired from being a CPA to do this full time. He's got three kids and a wife. He very much wants our company to make money. I very much just want to give it away. <laughs> so this is going to be an interesting relationship as we see this build. And I can't wait to give you 20% off 20%. So you're only paying 64% of everything on Black Friday. You send in something awesome that makes me, Ty, Foxy, Todd, Diggs, Gator there, Nick laugh. I'll be excited to see it. And other than that, Ty Schmidt, hit the music.